Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, <laughs> That's a good time. where we talk about spirituality, news, and our commentary of uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. My Still name haven't is, seen it. Damn you, Brad. My name is Michael Basinger. Brad's with me <laughs> are Brad Polly, hey. Lucas Allen, Ball Jesus, and together we <laughs> Not et cetera. are the Inglorious Pastors. Ball Jesus is back in the house. Ball That's Jesus right. is back. I will say we're back in the uh, what is this gigantic conference room at yeah. the hotel. Forgot the Hennessy still. I, I did. I, I will say it's a we. It's seventy five percent less sexy than it was last week. Being just yeah. in a giant conference room instead of a a, a room with a bed, a couple beds. Yeah, in it. I was. I was. I got a semi when I saw the picture. Of yeah, the bedroom well, set up. But we're. Fifty percent more sexy because Ball Jesus is better looking, yeah. etc. More so. like a hundred percent more sexy. Uh, Matt, so it kind of cancels you, each other out. Those of you who don't know, Matt fell into a well. Uh, <laughs> we're waiting on Lassie to tell us where he is. Matt, so. Matt's baby Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, do you guys remember that? Well, yeah. no, Michael, you you I weren't even bored. I bet. Oh man, that was baby Jessica that fell into the well. Man, was that in La- Lassie? No, man, it was real it was life. A, it was a, a real thing that did happened. a dog save her, or just no? It took well. them like a couple days, maybe at least. It was a baby that fell down a well, man, like oh, in Texas or something. Like it was like a pipe, yeah. So it wasn't like a yeah. big well. Oh. So and was, so like, it stuck. took them for uh, it. It was days. It was worse than like Chilean miners. It was it, like yes. the like the documentary The Ring. Have you guys seen that? No, no. Wait, no. that what? What the fuck are you talking the about? The ring. Have you, remember, have you seen the ring ever? No, I haven't seen the uh, ring. There's a girl in a well. Good. That's great. It's a good story. I know where you got that idea. Yeah, baby Jessica. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah let's, uh. let's just go straight into this. Uh. Oh, third year anniversary, RSVP. Oh, yeah, do that. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, Damn, this is good. Yeah, man. Okay, we are having from Danny Boy Brewing, uh, Danny Boy Beer Company in oh, Danny Boy. Indianapolis area, Carmel, basically. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, Camellia. This is rich fuck beer. Um, <laughs> it's it's $90 uh, a can. Yeah, uh, Ginger Wit, urban wheat beer brewed with real ginger and coriander. I will just say, I had this at the brewery. Josh and I were working yeah. together. I mean, sorry, et cetera, and I were working together. <laughs> Voldemort. And um, we got done early and had some time to kill, and we went to this place, found this place, and I had this, and generally i just completely bored with weeds. Yeah. But yeah. And I decided to give that one a shot because it was hot out, and I was like, I was amazing, seriously surprised by how good it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, actually has, it actually has some character to it, which was, most wheats don't. I was a little disappointed when uh, I saw that we were drinking a wheat beer, and then I see, I know, I know stuff. Yep, yeah, pretty tasty. I said something. I had a joke about it earlier, and I forget what it was. When you told me, you had me choose one. <laughs> it's great. What, what did I say? Do you remember? No, did you have it? You told me the. Joke? I told you a joke. I said something. It was something sexual. Well, that's a shocker. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Something about gingers in bed. I don't remember. <laughs> Some Fill in the blanks. There's a joke there. <laughs> Jerking off. All right. God. 
<laughs> you know, I was so excited that one day we would get him on this podcast, and now there's just no <laughs> nope. way. Nope, nope, ain't happening. It's like, it, may, it might happen. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily know that we're doing. This. No, I'm sure. Yeah, but still, <laughs> we've just drugged the man's reputation through the mud. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's still an upright citizen. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. So you hear that, Father Roar? You're an upright citizen, in Michael's <laughs> Michael's book. Um, this round is on. Man, my microphone is not doing well. This round is on Angela Dykstra. Hey. Angela. Angela. Yes. Oh, oh it's not Angela? No, it's oh. Angela. Oh. Two L's. Oh. And, and she said, Angela, if you're fancy or accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nice. Dykstra, not Dykstra. Well, I figured no. that. Uh, she, I know how to read. Uh, she, <laughs> Angela, Dy- Angela, God damn it, Angela Dykstra. <laughs> Uh, is a Canadian girl who feels sad that the inglorious bastards have to drink American beer. Really? Hmm. That's what she says. There's good beer in Canada? She is not a huge a beer drinker herself. Yeah, right. But knows that there's a difference between Canadian beer and the watered down piss water that Americans call beer. I don't think she understands like craft beer. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Craft beer is good. You're probably thinking of like Budweiser. Don't drink that. Yeah. I mean, unless it's hot out. I don't know. I can't imagine Molson or Labatt being any better than yeah. a Budweiser. Yeah. Anyway, Angela is married to a guy named Matt. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> who? who may or may <laughs> not? <laughs> who may or may not know that she has sponsored this round? Thanks, Matt. <laughs> we love you. Thanks for the beer. Uh, he was on staff at their church as a children's and families pastor until three years ago when he stepped down away from that role to become a licensed home builder he was like jesus yeah um he was like jesus to the kids seriously kids are drawn to him and uh then he started swinging a hammer and hitting nails and uh has olive skin and is really hairy so he is he and jesus have a lot of common (laughs) (laughs) yes but is he bald jesus yeah i was gonna say it's no (laughs) that's a whole different level um, when when Matt stepped down uh, from his position, um, everything blew up and was burned down for both of them. Angela threw out all of her internal furniture, and it was an empty space for a few months. A friend pointed her to the Robcast, hmm. and she would listen on her runs and hikes with her dogs. Through that, she found Science Mike in the liturgists, and uh, these three hosers... That make her laugh out loud. <laughs> Excellent week. use of the word hosers yeah. from a Canadian. Yes. Love, Love it. it. Laughing while you're running is not recommended. It does interfere with the breathing pattern. So. <laughs> Angela and Matt have three kids, grades 11, 9, and 7. Is that the same in Canada? As yeah, I'm pretty no, sure it is. No. I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think age is metric. No, I think they're like 10.4. Yeah. It's like the Canadian dollar. Yeah. Two <laughs> loons. It's about 13% lower. Three loony tunies. Uh. Um, I do know that loonies and toonies are two separate things, but it's so funny to say. Uh, two boys and a girl. Um, they are... So... Um, um, Angela and Matt are uh, navigating deconstruction and reconstruction. Wait, wait. They what? have three kids, and <laughs> navigating deconstruction and reconstruction uh, is not in any parenting book that Angela has ever read. When I cannot read today. God. That's it new. is not in any parenting book that Angela ever read when she was pregnant. God, that was really painful. I apologize. <laughs> uh, 
it gets extra complicated when your kids take church internships and are leaders at summer camp. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Uh, Angela started blogging back in 2004 uh, as a means to share stories and photos before Twitter and Facebook arrived. She joined both of those platforms at the beginning, though Twitter is overwhelming and a little scary to jump into these days. She is still there at Angela D. All right. Very um, good. Well, we're not Thanks even, for the beer. We, we, we have a lot more to go, guys. Oh, okay. Buckle in. Get your seatbelt <laughs> on. Uh, she was a little bit internet famous for approximately five minutes, maybe ten years ago. She traveled and spoke at conferences, and it was a great season of spending time with fellow creatives. Uh, she has now embraced her inner introvert and doesn't go to conferences anymore. Good call. Maybe she can still be persuaded to attend a small one. Hey. Uh, like a uh, third, third anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, third anniversary. Go ahead and come on down. Um <laughs> Angela is an ambivert, same. Uh, she is both introvert and extrovert. Yeah, me too. Uh, but her old age, uh, 43, she is leaning t- That's old. towards being <laughs> an introvert. Yeah, man. That's like describing me. Yeah. The older she, I get, the more I'm just like, nah, yep, fuck nah, off. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, she is also. Yeah. You won't be at the third. I'll be in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> the third anniversary. She is also an Enneagram 3 with a very strong two wing. For those who like things in Egram, anyone? Yeah, I do. Isn't yeah. isn't Stone Cold uh, Steve also a three wing two? Three two or two three? Yeah. I think he's no, a three he's wing a, two. He's a six wing nine. Well, we, of course he is. I'm pretty sure he's a three wing two. It said in his book. I pay attention when I read oh, Steve's yeah. book. Hey, he wrote a book. I I've read it <laughs> twice. Made a book out of that. So eat me. <laughs> I, I just and you any, still don't know that he's a three well, wing. Well, anytime anybody talks about the enneagram, I just kind of glaze over. <laughs> it's Michael's favorite subject. That's actually I actually most d- of what I'm going to talk about. I, <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> my watershed moment was I found my enneagram number. Uh, uh, I, I do actually like the enneagram. I just don't like people who talk about it. <laughs> God. You don't like people who talk. You can say you I don't can, like it when people finally talk a about week it. where they can. You can be the person everyone hates instead <laughs> of me. Right. I'm going to take That's a week right. off. If you talk about it, you're on my. Just kidding. Show. I love the Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. The Enneagram's great. Uh, Changed my life. <laughs> Everybody out there right now is like, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool if you like astrology. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> If you like pseudoscience, it's whatever, man. Uh, oh, man. Let me just dig that hole a little deeper. <laughs> Angela has an eye for photography and in the past has shot weddings, family photos, and newborn babies. Nice. Uh, she still shoots Instagram photos of her every day. Of her every day. Of her meaning every day. like her every day. Life. Of her, okay. Fun fact, <laughs> oh, Angela... Lord. Yeah, I think I said Angela last time. You probably Angela did. is a chartered accountant uh, by trade, CPA in America terms, in American terms, and works in public practice. Last year, she opened her own wee accounting firm and spends her days meeting with clients, preparing tax returns, and issuing financial statements. It's a wee accounting firm? Meaning like, so like on the platform of the Nintendo? Yeah, that's what I was no. wondering. W-E-E. Oh, so it's like in wee Britain? It's for yeah. little people. It's like in wee Britain. It's for uh, she only British services Columbia. little people. Uh, well, I'm probably small enough to count. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not quite Hobbit status. No. I won't make fun of GIF right now. Okay. Hi, GIF. <laughs> Don't be fun of your dad. <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> he's like two inches shorter than me and it just no one is shorter than me so I, he is know. very short uh, a, she says yeah. to use a narrator voice for this angela uses both sides of her brain yes it is exhausting <laughs> um angela is surrounded by people who are very conservative and very traditional but also people who listen to people like rob bell she is curious uh if being spoken about on this podcast will out some of their, some other Canadian listeners. So mm. yeah, we do have a few Canadian turd meet up in Canada. Yeah. yeah what up? Coming out of the Canadian woodwork. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Canadian woodworkers are phenomenal. I'm sure they are. There's a lot of, there's a lot of trees up there. A lot of so trees. I'm sure. Long winters. Just yep. hang out, hang out in the shop. Chewing on hang the placenta. <laughs> hang out, chug some maple syrup, yep. nail yep. some boards together. Drinking milk out of a bag. <laughs> Uh, Angela would like to thank these hosers and uh, the turds for giving her community that she has been missing. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you, Angela, not Dixtra. Under Angela my Angela. Angela. <laughs> Ella, Ella. <laughs> e, e. Um, oh, Angie Dix. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, that is at Polly named Matt. <laughs> Oh, God. This is actually Matt talking, and not yes, this is <laughs> Matt. Matt's back this week just to say that. <laughs> Thanks for coming, bud. Yeah, good to see you. Yep. Yeah, I'll see Give you. Me my see mic in, back. See you in six months, buddy. <laughs> Next year. Um, God, where do, where do I go? Thanks, discussing the pub this week. Uh, a bl- blue baby bear. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby baby blue baby blue bear B- bear in the deep blue sea. Yes, uh, he's here. Yeah, so here, welcome. Yay. I thought you meant like here. I got really like excited. here, here. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. How does it feel? <laughs> How was the journey? <laughs> uh, also discussing the pub. iOS is uh, twelve. Their their screen time. Yep. Love it. You love it. I love it. Is it wrecking your life? No, it's actually helping my life. Helping it's not life. wrecking my life in the least. Yeah, I um, set my social media screen time at two hours per day, and then it shuts off. Yeah. And I have yet to even reach my two hours. If I wow, were to ask you, good. if I were to ask you uh, before how much you used, do you think did it open your mind up to how much you were? Oh on my it? god! Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Like the first day that I got, I think I downloaded it on the new. I downloaded iOS twelve like on Sunday, I think, and then I looked. I didn't know anything. I had forgotten that was a feature, and I saw somebody talking about it, so I looked, and I was like, holy sweet Jesus. Wow. I spend way too much time on this shit. Mm. So, yeah, it was was an eye-opener for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is the last week to register for Secret Santa. By the way, I did did think it was kind of interesting that Apple is, like, openly admitting that people spend way too much time on their shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially, like, they put that feature on there to go... You might be spending too yeah. much time with this product, hey, buddy. Yeah. So I don't mean to I be thought a that dick, was really so interesting. You know. Yeah, you've been on Facebook a little bit yep. too much. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to scale it back. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh. No. Who? Nope. Never Fuck that of. guy. Is he a football player? <laughs> no. We're getting to the football section. Oh, good. <laughs> Can't, yeah, nothing about Kavanaugh. No. I, wh- what's there to say? He's going to be on the Supreme Court, and he's a freaking rapist. So yeah. well, that, that's that's where we're at as yeah. a country yep. now. So, 
Fantasy football update: Jason Williams is still number one. So. God, I'm and terrible. My Lucas team is Adams just is still shit. in last place. My team is so bad. <laughs> uh, Brad and I entered the the Shiva or the Sacco rankings, yeah. as it were. Yep. In the in the bottom. Oh, and five. three. Congrats, mm. buddy. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's a thing. Um. Yeah, this is a new segment we're gonna try out. Mm. It's back by popular demand, <laughs> or just people said we should make that a segment. So popular. We're going to do it. Do it? Do we need an intro? No. All right, here's the intro song. <laughs> hey, come over and have a seat. This is the CCM Corner. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I am at half mast right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> sensual, <laughs> sensual shit right come there. Come on over, let's talk about Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, last uh, last week we talked about uh, two sets of Joneses. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, mm. so it, gonna... it's bad. This one is a thousand times worse you than think that. So? One. Oh my god! All right, let's just get going on it. <laughs> right there, automatically. That snare sound. It's yes, so I know. <laughs> uh, that one didn't have the reverb. I know all the words to this song. Every last goddamn word. I'm not surprised right now. You know this song? Do you, like, you have memorized? I know the chorus. Yeah. Everybody so. knows the fucking chorus. That's it. I don't God, this is terrible. I've like heard it five times in my life. Really? I never sought it out for any reason. You don't sing this on Sundays? <laughs> well, I don't count that. <laughs> Every Sunday before we leave. It's the benediction. <laughs> so... Fun fact about this song. It's like I can no, wait, we're getting to the money shot here. Right, you here gotta, go. I hate this waiting for the chorus here. Should have gone right in. Yeah, he should have. And friends are friends forever. If the Lord's the Lord of them. But if he's not, one of them's gonna be in hell. In the Father's hands we do. Not too long to live, to live as friends. <laughs> that was a journey, guys. Yeah, wow. well, that, it was, that's it was certainly thing. something. So, okay, Michael, so enough. Fun fact about this Turn this shit off. <laughs> fun I, I, fact about the song. It's essentially saying that as long as you got Jesus, your friends will be with you when you die. But if they're not, fuck off. Well, I like how he's like he wrote this song for like... Friends moving away or something. Yeah, and it's like you'll be gone, but we won't notice. Yeah, be- <laughs> because you're in our hearts. Yeah, and it's like that's the role you played in our lives. Yeah. That you're just as present right. with thinking of you. Yes, as what of yes. course. Like, like Matt is present on his part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, we don't miss you. He's Matt. right inside my heart. <laughs> we don't miss you. It's like you're right here. Uh, yeah. uh, our hearts in big and small ways. All right, so Michael, story. Turn this no, shit off, I, I gotta please. play it. I, I gotta play it for at least till the end because I, I, I need at least till the end. It's least, like a nine-minute no, song. Not that long. Anyway, let me tell my story. And you'll you'll see why. So, 
I, I called uh, three of my four siblings today because I had a memory. So I was listening to the song, prepping for this, and I'm like, there is, I can remember my youngest brother, who's five years older than me, him saying the last words of this song, like him saying it, not singing it, but saying it. And then it, I just started thinking about it more, and it's like, we all sang that song. Why did we all sing that song? We sing that song in church. Come to find out. So my grandma died. Well, I think we just did a key change. Yeah. Feel yeah. the spirit in this place, yes. guys? Yeah. I feel it. Yep. Right up my... Um, so we sang this song for my grandma's funeral. We went to a church when it was closed, recorded with in the, the accompaniment sound. And my brother, who's young, who's closest to me in age, five years older, he cannot sing at all. So everyone had their parts. I was like maybe somewhere between seven or nine, somewhere in there. And so I just sang the chorus because I was young. My oldest brother had a part. My Hold sister on, you had a part. the best, Mike, most Michael W. Smith Do thing ever. Do you live as friends? So they all had parts, except for <laughs> my brother, as close to age, can't sing. So he sang, said this part. To live as friends. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. <laughs> to live as friends. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's all I can remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we don't let him sing. Not yeah. in this family. <laughs> God, what a terrible song. I, yeah, I, I couldn't make it all the way through it. You're like, to hey, it. listen to it in prep. And I was like, well, that was fun for about, <laughs> well, about 30 seconds. I listened to it twice on the way up. Because I was, I was having fun improving over it. <laughs> it's so fun to do. Uh, and that chorus, I mean, as horrible as it is. It is catchy. Like, I literally, I've heard it five or six well, times. Well, that's, that's CCM music, man. Yeah. It's just, it's it's built on catchy yep. choruses. And CCM, like, the music side of it, apart from the lyrics, is like, let's take whatever shitty thing is happening yes, in music absolutely. right now. And do it for the next yes. 10 years. Yes, yes. And so, like, the drum sound, yes. the keyboard sound, like, it just, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so bad. Have you ever looked at CCLI? What year did that come out, yeah. by the way? Like the the top. Oh, Do we know? Uh, it was in the eighties. Let's see. Yeah, CCLI is Doesn't like a tracking system for worship songs. Mm-hmm. And if you you get on there, so people pay royalties for these worship right. songs. Well, good Christians <clears throat> pay royalties for worship. <laughs> did, did City Hill have a CCLI? <laughs> no, no, don't sure worry didn't. about it. <laughs> Wait, no, we did. We did had we? a CCLI license. Did we? Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we did. That's shocking. I'm we do too. We did that. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, the anyway, so it's got the, like the top ten songs sung across the world, mm-hmm. and they're always the same. They are, yeah. They're they, always the it same. has started changing now. No, like because well, we it used to eight be, of the ten are Chris Tomlin. Yeah, no, <laughs> I heard from a guy in the industry was saying that there's like three writers or author groups that have like. 80% of the songs in the top 100 or wow. something crazy. So they're banking it. But it used to be all the time, like, um, You Came From Heaven to Earth, mm-hmm. like that old song yep. was in the top 10 forever. But like in the last few years, I check it once in a while. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. <laughs> um, we've got it's like, uh, What a Beautiful Name. Never I heard think it. I've be- been fielding. I've never, I've heard of him. I haven't heard He's of that song. song guy. Uh, Great Are You Lord. Oh yeah, all sons and daughters. This that, is amazing. Oh, okay. Or this is amazing grace. 
So Phil Wickham. He Jeremy sang that Riddle. to his friend Grace Wickham, at a restaurant. Damn near killed him. Uh, Ten thousand reasons. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Wow, that's yes. still in. There. I loved that song. Uh, that's that's, doing that's a good song. Good, good father. Yeah. Oh God, that sounds like a Tomlin song. It is. Of oh course. yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. There you go. The lion and the lamb. Oh, come to the altar. Lord, I need you. Cornerstone and Holy Spirit. They're, they've changed. Yeah, they're like newer songs and. Go church. Way to be relevant. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> way, to, way to latch on to way songs to step coming in. out of three way, very specific churches in way, the world. Yes, exactly. All right. So let's just go to the, 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 the I top. I can't believe that. What's that fucking ocean song? I can't believe that's not on Yeah, there. it's not even in the top 20. But how wow. great is our God is number Still, 11. Still number 11. Not. Wait, are we talking Chance's version? No. <laughs> and then Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. So I love that. I was like, thought that was so, uh, I was like at once. Thought it was cool that he used that in his album. Then I was like, God, that fucker's just making Chris Tomlin yeah, even just, richer. If like, you're going to yeah. pick something, yes. do a John Mark song. <laughs> do a Gunger song. <laughs> John Mark is in the top 20. Yeah. Uh, Blessed Be Your Name is number 19. That song is ancient. Yeah. Blessed be your name <laughs> on the land. <laughs> such a fun one to play because you got it to is. do like. Blessed be your name. But whenever <laughs> I would do his songs, I'd always like fall into his accent yes. uh, <laughs> and like if he did something like in the recording like great praise idea. you lord we praise you lord triumphantly <laughs> <laughs> sing it spiritually guys sing it prophetically what what the fuck does that even mean it, it means what? that you lie on your side for 382 <laughs> days and cook your food on shit no, number 20 is that's what prophets do <laughs> number 20 is light of the world you t- Step down into darkness. Here I am to worship. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That is why we're here. Yes. Oh, man. This is why we we've gathered today to worship, oh, guys. God. All right. Let's. Do you go. guys have any? Let's just let's open this up to our, our listeners. We? No, I mean if they tweet us, um, any suggestions for bad CCM oh, songs? Yeah. yeah. Brad's gonna yeah. collect them. No, well, I guess I can. Yeah, that's right. God damn it. Your idea, you, you do the work. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> more, more admin for Michael. DM, DM Michael. No, send, send him to no. at MJ Basinger nope. on Twitter. Don't care. Well, don't well, send him to me. I'm not on Twitter, well, so. You do the Pastor's Podcast. I do. Send him to Matt Pastor's Podcast. So, Brattle, Brattle, yeah. Pony. I guess I'll collate them for yes, you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Notate each one on on uh, heartfeltness. Yeah, I will do. Yeah, <laughs> and how prophetically yes. it was sung. Yes. yes. Uh, let's let's move along. Sure, that was fun. <laughs> All I hear is jizz. God damn it, Laurel, Laurel, jizz. I hate it because for for months I didn't hear jizz and then once i heard it i that's all i can hear is dry wow. your jizz brian mcphail did it with uh did the laurel thing with that clip it's beautiful <laughs> yeah. wait did he yes yeah. i missed that it i uh, he just it was on twitter it was oh, okay. on in the pub huh. he made the exact same graphic as the laurel and it was guy out your jizz <laughs> so <that's great. laughs> love it all right uh mm-hmm. into the uh, into the newsfeed what do we got um Let's see. I'm trying to find which Awkward one to do pause. first. Uh, in Maine, uh, restaurants are getting lobsters high on weed before boiling them. Nice. What? Yeah, lobsters. How are you get? How do you get them high? Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. So at Charlotte's legendary Lobster Pound in Maine, 
The lobsters smoke a little weed before they hit the pot. Charlotte Gill, owner of uh, the restaurant, enjoys serving her customers freshly steamed or boiled lobsters, but she doesn't enjoy causing the crustaceans pain. Her solution? Have them smoke a little weed before they hit the pot. So, does it work? Um, I don't they know. have. They don't need like roach clips because they have yeah, those pinchers. They're just like yeah, right, exactly right. Evolutionarily prepared for this moment. I love they pull one out of a box and they get things just like fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fucking toasted. Oh, hot tubs. Oh, fucking a. Um, yeah, this hot tub feels real. God, great. is anybody hungry? I need some butter. <laughs> I could go for some clarified butter right now. <laughs> butter my biscuits. Yeah. Uh, so, a lobster named Rob Prayer. A lobster named Michael. Shut up. up in her hair. A lobster named Roscoe was the first to undergo this treatment. He was placed inside a box filled with a few inches of water, and then marijuana smoke was blown through water into the <laughs> box. Nice. Gill also lucky a, whoever gets that job. Also a licensed <laughs> medical marijuana caregiver. In other words, licensed stoner. <laughs> yeah. In the state of Maine, claims Roscoe was much calmer and less aggressive for the subsequent three weeks and didn't try to attack the other lobsters in his tank, even though his claws were unbound. So three for three So he weeks turned into a lover, high? not a fighter, basically. She oh, later man. released Roscoe to the sea as a thank you. What? I feel... And he was unprepared to, like, so, like get himself whoa. food or anything. He was just like... Okay, so here's the thing, though, like... So it says, satisfied with the results, she cordoned off a special lobster sedating station outside the restaurant. It's literally just a box with a friggin' hose attached to it, probably. It, can we just talk for a minute about Hold on. how... At they- the customer's request, can get THC-infused smoke will get the creatures baked before they're boiled. So, like, you have to request this, and my guess it costs a oh, yeah. freaking for sure. Can we just mm. talk for a second... I'm just imagining some stoner blowing into a lobster's face. Yeah, I know. Just and blowing, Dane, b- just blowing who's, bong hits who's into his face. already high, getting into a lobster's face. Yeah. Man. Yep. Uh, uh, so she said, don't worry about, she's not selling edibles. So like the THC gets breaks down completely by 392 degrees. Therefore, we'll use both steam as well as a heat process. We'll expose the meat to four, 420 degrees extended. Of course, it's 420. <laughs> extended temperature in order to ensure there's no possibility of carryover effect, even though the likelihood of such would be literally impossible. So there you go. Uh, they we, should just, weed-infused lobster. They yep. should just make their lobster tank like a big bong. Right. And they're just like bathing in bong Exactly. Ex- yes, they're just like bathing in bong Except it water. smells so nasty. <laughs> it looks like a swamp, but it's just yeah. bellows of marijuana. <laughs> So one time, one time at Johnson Bible College, there were bridal college. You mean? Yes, yes. There were. We looked out of the dorm, and there were like two cop cars at the PW building Mm. across from the dorm. And my friend, who was a big stoner, freaked out, (laughs) and he comes to me with his bong and is like, "Oh shit! Hey, can you put this in your room? Because like (laughs) I think they're here to bust me." And so we wrap the bong in a towel. I put it in my room. I go to class. I totally forget about it. I knock it over. Oh no! When I come back in, and bong water spills oh, all over shit. the floor, <laughs> and it was the worst. And then my roommate, who was definitely not cool with everybody being stoners, was really pissed at me. But he was too holy. Well, no, he just thought it stunk really bad and was mad that I did that. That he s- smelled like marijuana. Oh, yeah. So at sweet old Johnson. Yeah. Man. So what a name. It's uh, Johnson University now. Yeah, so yeah. it's a. I'm a real college. 
The <laughs> resume looks a lot better now than it did a few years yeah. ago. Does it? Yeah, I still have a major in Bible, so it's still pretty Biblical useless. studies. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Search it up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Before leaving Oh, so good. It's that it's that bass run right there. Man. Hey, we need we need a uh, Christian uh, rusted root. All right, yep. here you go. <laughs> you can say no more, fam. <laughs> I got you. Christian rusted root. Exactly. The first oh, time boy. I heard them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt, Matt, the guy that used to be on the podcast. Who? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, oh, the one yeah. guy. Um, uh, who? He will still say that Rusted Root is a good band. I'm like, dude, no, yeah, he does. I'm, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm with that guy. I've never heard of. No, uh, you're not. They're terrible. Oh gosh, so fun. No, they were fun in 1995. Hey, fun has no like. I'm not saying it holds up. Or this is tra- wait. I'm sorry. This is Bald Jesus who <laughs> still thinks that Blues Traveler is good. So <laughs> no, actually, I don't. I think their old music is good, but I saw him a couple years ago. He was just earlier in, stuff. Uh, was he, so was, he was in Bloomington. I didn't yep. go. I actually thought you would. I saw him on the. I saw on the marquee. He was gonna be there. I was like, I, I did. Bet Lucas goes. To I that. did some research. <laughs> I YouTubed like videos of his solo stuff, and I was like, oh, it's just him singing blues traveler songs with someone playing yeah. a piano. It's hard <laughs> to say what it is I see. <laughs> That's <laughs> Sister Hazel. Same thing. No. Nope. Well, thing. it's Sister Hazel with a harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> 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 Still love it. I don't care. <laughs> You're gonna be all right over there, yeah, baby. You have any more? Oh yeah, are we still doing that? <laughs> yeah. Where are we? You've been drinking too much bong water. <laughs> Naked Florida man tries to start Fight Club at Chick Fil A. Nice. Yeah, it's always Florida. Yeah. Deputies say. <laughs> deputies say he stripped down and kept yelling, "Look at my expletive." <laughs> Dick, I'm ass cock. Dick. <laughs> Look at my dick. Look at my kneecaps. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So, a Florida man faces misdemeanor charges. That's kind of shocking. I guess even oh. in, I guess in Florida it's a different bar. <laughs> well, um, it depends on if he's charging money for the Fight Club or if it's <laughs> if it's just so volunteer only. He stripped off his clothes outside Chick Fil A while inviting <laughs> passersby to stare at his exposed genitals. <laughs> Yeah, so it's definitely nice. dick. Yeah. Uh, the bizarre incident unfolded shortly after 1 a.m. I didn't realize there was a Chick-fil-A open at 1 a.m. They're all Christians. Don't they go to bed at 9? Yeah. <laughs> a they chapter in my book and lights out before <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the parking lot of the restaurant on Palm Coast Parkway, according to an arrest report, um, a witness told investigators the episode began when she took a call from her boyfriend who said he was being chased by a man while riding his bike past Winn-Dixie, according to the mm. report. This is a very southern story. Yes. Uh, he the, wanted the wind to see the, the his witness, dick. The witness, said when she got, the witness said when she got to Chick-fil-A, a stranger was challenging her boyfriend to a fight. I'm very then, excited yeah, right then now. Then she said he took off his clothes and began yelling about people staring at his private parts. <laughs> I observed multiple vehicles drive by while the man was nude and yelling, look at my expletive. Jerking off. <laughs> The thirty year the man, thirty year old Corey Michael Hatzel oh, man. was arrested on charges of disorderly conduct and resisting officers without violence. That <laughs> was waving your pickle at him, considered <laughs> violent. Um 
He remained in custody in lieu of a thousand dollar bail. Nobody would even pony up a thousand dollars to get this guy out yeah. of jail. Yeah, I feel like if yeah. That's uh, definitely there, a fight club you don't want to talk about. Yeah. I wonder if, <laughs> as he walked out the door, if, when he said, look at my dick, if the Chick-fil-A employees were like, my, my pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> you, yeah. you were there. You, you saw where I was you, going. You got to wonder if... if uh, <laughs> I wonder if he put the sauce on Look at my dick! Polynesian sauce. Look at my dick! Makes everything better. My pleasure. Like, if you were to start like a fight club, like a legitimate fight club. My pleasure, crazy naked man. Me and Josh Casey, I mean, et cetera, are going to start a fight club. <laughs> yeah. Because he thinks gonna... he can take me. Because <laughs> there's some, like, latent homoeroticism within a fight club getting oiled up in, in, in wrestling. Do they get oiled up? Well, How many fight clubs have you been Michael's to? Michael's like, well, they're doing fight What, what how, fight clubs are you going on, to? Depends on how excited Michael, they want that to was be. a gay bar. It <laughs> wasn't a fight club. <laughs> nah, it, I, you know when you're in a fight club and everyone's wearing <laughs> black leather <laughs> vests and chokers? chokers and It's like fight club culture, man. Yeah, man. You've never heard of this? I mean, circle I jerks yeah. and yeah. <laughs> it's just Michael seriously. No, I, but just like <laughs> oiled up. Yeah, well, you know, is that what I just everything I know about Fight Club I learned from Fight Club and WWE. I don't think they so got oiled up. I think they get oiled up on WWE. They're like shining. Yeah, they're, they're not fighting. Yeah, they're that's performing. fake, Michael. It's fake. Anyway, so I'm just imagining <laughs> these dudes wrestling, and then if somebody mm. jumps in and just takes off their pants, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the you know they say to like get out of a fight or whatever is just act as crazy as you can just take your pants so just, off yeah take your pants there off there you go and yeah. scream look at my dick yeah <laughs> people will back right away speaking of uh getting people to look at your dick <laughs> whoa <laughs> um have you guys heard of moon pig where you can go online and like send cards to people customized cards i don't so, think i've heard of a uk moon company pig. okay i've heard of moon pie it's, it's different. It's a couple banana, different. please. Yeah. Or vanilla. Vanilla's not bad. A couple letters up like the alphabet. Ones. Same thing. Well, anyone, anyway, uh, Moonpig had to take to Twitter to correct something. They tweeted um, last, I don't know when this was. Oh, yesterday? <laughs> Breaking news. Break, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> from, from the mirror where... <laughs> where news comes first. Yeah. Um, where news comes a day late. Moonpig <laughs> tweeted... Please stop uploading pics of your genitals to our cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's against our TS and CS. Um, so yeah, apparently that was a problem that people were making custom cards and it's just like a slow, like the world's so slowest great. dick pic. Yeah, <laughs> snail mail dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds very hipster now that you <laughs> yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, it does. It's artisanal dick <laughs> yeah. pics. Delivered by a guy on a penny farthing um, with a monocle. Uh, so one, so people start responding to this. One user wrote, my dad is very apologetic, but he's going through a bad time. <laughs> no excuse, I know. Man, I wish and, they were still doing it. I'd send one to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> wish you were here, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Um <laughs> and uh oh yeah another tweeted at them asking if they do pop-up cards so. <laughs> <laughs> open it up you get slapped so in the uh, face anyway <laughs> fucking mushroom stamped <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the breaking news but so you'll want to watch you'll want to watch them on twitter slaps you in the face <laughs> speaking of god so over the weekend uh, speaking of teabagging, well, here's Brad. I was going to say speaking of teabagging, but really speaking of teabagging. So we went to a, a distillery 
uh, me and uh, the the guy that used to be on the podcast, Voldemort, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, we met Quincy. Laurel. We, <laughs> we met Quincy and uh, Travis Pinkston. Oh yeah, down in Frankfurt. Cousin Eddie. Down, yeah, cousin Eddie down in Frankfurt. Hi. We went to a distillery, and they we were talking about they. It was like an hour and a half long tour we did. We were kind of walking around looking at all the stuff, and they were talking about how they make their gin. And they, we went into the room where they have the big still where they make the vodka and the gin. And he's like, those baskets up there, that's where we put the botanicals that the liquor sits in or whatever for, to steep, basically. He's like, it's like a giant tea bag. We're in the middle of this, okay, in this distillery, and there's like 30 people in our group. Travis Let is me next Travis. to me. Travis goes, <laughs> <laughs> and I literally just lean over to him like, not that kind of tea bag, Travis. <laughs> So we're walking out, and the guy goes, the tour guy looks at Travis and goes, I know I'm not that funny. What was that all about? Oh, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. That's uh, great. Nothing. Let's just, just change the subject. <laughs> He's like, you motherfucker. You, motherfucker. you don't know what a teabag is. You teabag. You all motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, oh so fast. Uh, um, so if you're uh, having a party, there's a new thing going on that will make your party... Uh, have a dial tone because it's off the hook. Oh, oh <laughs> wow! Sing. Uh, so for the LA scene, <laughs> yeah. So for the, I guess, yeah, that'd have to be like a literal old phone that no one has. Uh, for the LA party scene, if you're t- tired of just burning holes in your nose, you can uh, hop on the new trend, which is bringing party goats LA to your party. Oh. They bring what a bored city. Yes, they bring Nigerian dwarf goats to your party at a hundred dollars an hour per goat, <laughs> and wow. the goats will That's an expensive stripper. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't and know they, what strippers cost. They don't need. They have clothes and they don't take probably them more off. than a hundred dollars an hour. One of the most popular interactions with the goats at parties is to have them jump onto revelers' backs while while they kneel on all fours. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, guys, that's bestiality. What yeah. a what a bored, <laughs> what a bored bored city. Yeah, Jesus. It's, uh, yeah, so I know we have a lot of like really wealthy jet setting people. So I wanted to make sure people knew that like when you're throwing a party in 2019, third anniversary, we're gonna have a bunch of dwarf Nigerian dwarf yeah, goats. Yeah, I've already third. started I'll raising them. Yeah. I've already started raising them. So <laughs> Michael's like, I'm eating that motherfucker. Yeah, I'll eat him. I, so, I yeah. could use a couple goats in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, they come dressed in purple laced cuffed velvet oh, jackets. Man. So they wear. So they look like prints. Prince. <laughs> Jesus. And they wrap their purple. horns in brightly colored tape. Purple. <laughs> So that's uh yeah. Just want to make sure you know what's going on. You can uh, snail mail dick pics and goat party. What the hell was that? It's Mario. Goat strippers. <laughs> Mario's green <Nice>. peen. <laughs> the new soundtrack for Donald Trump. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, um, anything else? It's up uh, to you, man. All right, no, go for cool. it. Cool. Um, I got, I got three here. I'm going to do, I have more, but I'll, I'll stick with three. Um, men in Japan, um, Japanese man, Japan, man, I guess is how we, yes. is how we would do it for the podcast. <laughs> um, in Japan, you can hire a middle-aged man for $9 an hour to listen to you complain, do your chores and ward off stalkers. So, wow. <laughs> um, Takanobu. 
Nishimoto. Nishimoto. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> nailed, <laughs> nailed it. Takenobu Nishimoto. God, I would love to take Michael to a place like Japan. Yes. It would be so great. It would be worth every. Okay, so if you guys want Michael and I to go to Japan, yes, and we will film the entire goddamn thing, start a GoFundMe and yes. make it happen. Michael to Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, he runs an unusual business. Uh, he is reported that the 50-year-old fashion consultant started an online service called Osan Rental. Uh, in 2002, so it, he's it's it been that's a while around for a while. Yeah. Osan is somewhat of a, a uh, derogatory term of reference for uncles or middle-aged men. Huh. So, for just a thousand uh, Japanese yen or eight eighty-nine an hour, um, those who use Nishimoto's service will find middle-aged man uh, listening to their woes, doing chores, and offering life advice. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like what I do. <laughs> this is this podcast. <laughs> so he's like the Steve Austin of Japan? <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> oh, fuck us on. Um, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> nope. We're done. That was it. This concludes the Inglorious Bastards podcast. Check out Twisted Sisters on their iTunes feed. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just. <laughs> what else you got, buddy? Anyway, um, so in in Japan, middle-aged men are often made fun of their stereotypical uh, receding hairline, rotund beer bellies, and unhygienic habits. Hmm. Well, so, I have uh, no idea what any of check, that's like. Check and check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what was that website again? I don't know. They say eight eighty nine an hour. Not bad. That's a, that's a steal. So uh, the Osan uh, cannot touch his his clients or do anything that would result in a physical relationship. Fair Otherwise, enough. they'll lose their eight eighty nine job, <laughs> <laughs> which they probably only get a fraction of. So, yep, there you go. Hmm, nice. Oh, also, if you, if you um, the oh wait, while the Osan gets to keep their earnings, um, they charges eight eighty eight point eighty nine dollars a month. Uh, for the membership to weed out any man who would be harboring duper, dubious intentions. So you have to work 10 hours of the month just to pay your... For your job, yeah. Wow. Hmm. So that's like a day and a half. Yeah, but I figure this is like on demand, like you get an hour here and an hour there. Right. I don't know. It depends uh, on how good you are at shooting the shit. You can multitask. You could have a different one on each ear and... Hit the same like, one. Uh-huh. 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 Uh, Actually, I could do uh, that. That's I'm pretty you, good at that. That's whatever you were talking about for You're you. Such a great yeah. listener. <laughs> How dare he? How dare he treat you like that's that? That's right, guy. Yep. You go, go wow. get him, champ. So apparently, there are now at least three other websites offering such a service in Japan. Oh, I should have so, trademarked that shit. Yep. So. Yep. There's that. Do it on there. All right. Uh, this is a British woman. England woman, <laughs> still British. Um, you were you were also correct. The yes. First time. Well, I like to say England because we do Florida man, not Floridian man. So <laughs> you, you see where I'm going it. with this? Yeah, again. I got you. Uh, got yeah. England woman uh, <laughs> on vacation reportedly uh, finds a dead tortoise in her vagina. What? Same. This <laughs> is from the New York Post, so it's not like. I mean. 
So what? a British woman has been questioned by the police in Spain after doctors found a dead tortoise inside her vagina. Um, okay, aren't tortoises much larger than like a normal I, I, turtle? I would assume it's a baby tortoise. I would hope so. A baby tortellini, maybe? No. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's Alfredo's boss. <laughs> Uh, keep going. All right. No, don't actually. <laughs> I mean, no, let's moving let's along. So she she sought help after suffering pain in her genital area. Well, I would think. Um, yeah. And uh, they diagnosed an infection caused by the reptile. So, shocker. Mm-hmm. Nothing like the old uh, reptilian vaginal disease. <laughs> yep. Is that one of those Gwyneth Paltrow things? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, yeah. Shove a dead tortoise up your cooch. Yeah, she apparently she can't do the jade eggs anymore because they she got sued for that. So now it's uh, a dead yeah. tortoise. So maybe a tortoise full laid of eggs anti- inside of full her. Full of antioxidants. Yeah. She was like, I know where I can get some eggs. Good lord. There's a little sand pile. She has down no idea beach. how it ended ended up there. That's um, what they all say. Boy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what? She was like, there was a live tortoise when I put it in there. <laughs> exactly. What the hell? I don't know how there's a dead tortoise in there. Oh, it was sure was, died? It was squirming around like crazy when I put it in there. I, I mean, she had to have been drunk or something, yeah, right? Like, I would I would think so. I mean, I can't so. just swim in there. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. <laughs> it was just, just trying to walk naked into the ocean and just wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come yeah. and get it. Uh, no idea your, how long it was in your, there. You spread your cheeks apart. Come on, guys. <laughs> Whatever. Come on. <laughs> Put some turtle turtle bait in my anus. I don't know. <laughs> That's a turtle bait. <laughs> I don't know what you use to bait a turtle. <laughs> Apparently a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's a I, that's so a shell no of a other, story. There's no oh. oh god. There's no other details to this, like how no, not really. I mean, there's nobody story knows, unfolding. Nobody, no, like, nobody knows anything. Come on. No, nobody like I bent over and the and the turtle came inside me. Like there's no Wait, story the like turtle. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> there's uh, no like. Oh, I was sitting on the beach and I felt something burrow up inside of me. Like nope. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I really. I nothing about that story makes a lick of sense. Yeah, this this episode or this this uh, article is filed under Spain tourists, turtles, vacations, vaginas, and WTF. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a range. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jesus Christ! Wow. You gotta get their SEO up. <laughs> I, I just. Uh, Somebody's yeah, we need. Did they? They, they, they didn't say anything about the size of the tortoise in the story. Let me just skim this one more time. <laughs> I no, just can't figure. Really. I can't believe this is possible. This is horrible reporting. If not exactly, because, like it's I, I can't. Like, oh, okay. None of this makes any sense. Yeah, the size of the reptile has not been revealed, and some reports suggest it may have been a turtle rather than a tortoise. Oh, mm. okay. Well, okay. So. Still. Some some little uh, some uh, translation issues here. So they do speak English. I don't know what you think they're not in Spain. She was she was not she was overseas. It looks she like was, she was in Spain, Jesus. right? Yeah, getting, her, getting her tortuga on. Went to Spain. Yeah, went to Spain. Got a dead turtle stuck in my cooch. You know, just the the basics. I drank some wine. Well, 
When in Rome. Yes. When in Spain. <laughs> you know, Rome is not in Spain. <laughs> Rome is in Italy. It is in Michael's That's what the turtle was doing. <laughs> turtle wanted to be inside your heaven. I'll swim up there until I die. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Yep. And then, here, here's the story of the week for me. All right. Um, It'll be hard to top turtle vagina, but uh, <laughs> well, go for it. Okay, so there was a man who's been missing for 40 years. It's a long time. A long time he's been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been uh, killed during a conflict between uh, the Greek... I'm not even going to pronounce that. <laughs> Cy- Cypriots? 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 The Greek Cypriots and the Turkish Cypriots in 1974. Um, but his body remained undiscovered for decades. The Turkish Cypriots went on a late last second field goal. It was a close one. So. Nice. <laughs> Two point conversion failed. So I'm going to tell you <laughs> how he died and I'm going to tell you how he, how they found him. Okay. Okay. So, um. So how long was he missing? For 40 years. Okay. 40, 40 years. 40 years. Yep. Um, so, uh, in, he had been taken into a cave with two others. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them uh, had been with two others. Why does it say that? And said both of them uh, have been killed by dynamite that was thrown in after them. So they were put in a cave. Okay. Somebody threw dynamite in after them, and uh, and that's how they died. The dynamite blew a hole in the side of the cave, allowing light to uh, into the the darkened interior, uh, which in turn allowed light onto their their bodies. Okay. So how they found this man 40 years later um, was um, they found a fig tree that had grown and they it, it was not native to that area. And the fig tree so was growing out of this man's stomach. Because he had what? eaten a fig. Yeah. His body was starting yeah. to decay. The seed that was inside of his belly um, started to grow because of the sunlight in the cave, and there's enough moisture in the cave to basically let a tree. Holy a big that's tree freaking grow. awesome! That's how I want to go. Yeah. Well, you want to die with a stick of dynamite? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be get the shit blown out of me as long as I ate a fig. First. I mean, I love figs. <laughs> that's what I was talking about. No, I want to be like planted. That is a tree planted nuts. on me that yeah. grows out of my ass. So they they. Um, Found his clothes. I mean, they d- dug up his underwear, his socks, all his bones. But yeah, he had huh. had crazy. a fig tree grow out of his stomach. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. Did they like dig up the tree and bring it to his family or anything? I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't here's here's your uncle. <laughs> He's delicious. <laughs> so it, it, the, the tree <laughs> crept. Um, so the the I guess the tree, as the sun crept into the cave, uh, may. Um, it just made a giant tree. I, I think it uh, grew out of the cave is what I'm understanding. Wow. So, and so somebody went and found it or and saw it and found it and was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Why Wait, is there a fig tree here? Why is there a fig tree growing out of a guy's yep. stomach in a cave? So <laughs> That is crazy, man. Yeah. So if you'd like to be turned into any kind of tree, what would you be turned into? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Walnut tree. 
Walnut. I like that so I could just be dropping nuts on everybody. <laughs> I do like walnuts. I want it oak to come right out of my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Big old hardwood. <laughs> Big old hardwood. <laughs> what would you want? I don't know. Uh, how about a Bradford pear? That way I could just get it. fall in the first storm and disappoint everyone <laughs> just like in life. <laughs> They yeah. call that the bread poly yeah, pear. Right. Is, is that right. Doesn't yield any fruit. Doesn't <laughs> yield any fruit. Smells like shit. <laughs> is that what you're gets named blown, after? It gets blown over in the first storm. <laughs> just, yep. Just utterly disappointing. <laughs> oh, man. Contributes nothing to the world. <laughs> That's. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Just okay. Just well, cutting myself off. Well, at look at you, buddy. I'm proud it's of you. It's growth. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's really glad that's your new sound. Bite. Yeah, you're welcome. God. <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to go in, uh, I'd still rather hear that than jerking news. off. So. Jerking <laughs> off? No. <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> 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 All right, we ready to ready uh, yep. to t- take this further up and further. Uh, well, oh, sure. Yeah. Why not? Never been more suggestive than right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, this is Lucas's idea. <laughs> Lucas, take us away. <laughs> so, if this sucks, yeah. send all of your. Uh, <laughs> All of your mail. All your hate too. mail to <laughs> at Lucas you can, Polly. You can send it right to me. So uh, uh, we were thinking of different ideas of what we should talk about tonight. We had to reschedule uh, our interviewee. Yes. So um, I just so noticed that, your shirt. It's very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Star Wars. Um, very old. Is that old, old Star Wars? Or is that this is bought like, it at Urban Outfitters? Yeah, this is like this Urban, is Urban Outfitters. Outfitters. Star Wars. <laughs> um, they did a very good job of faking it. It definitely looks yeah, old. Yeah. Um, Same. I mean, I've had it like <laughs> 10 years. So um, anyway, so we talked, we were thinking about tackling some serious topics. And so we decided to go with three white men talking about abortion. <laughs> we aborted that idea <laughs> real yes, quick. We, we let that go. So anyway, I was like, actually, that might. No. Yeah. You were like, well, Mike yeah. was like, well, that could maybe. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, we're not doing it's that. It's like, I have no, no fucking idea where we're going to go with that. But yeah, yeah let's not. So uh, anyway, we, we punted that. And uh, so I was thinking in because so many people are deconstructing, going through deconstruction, you know, kind of over it all, still triggered by church stuff. Yeah. But whenever someone talks about an authentic spiritual experience or some point where they really grew it seems to still have resonance with yes them. yeah and it's like kind of beyond the skepticism or everything uh, but it's just kind of like this honest moment from your life or you know a pure thing i guess um so yeah i was thinking about that i was like what if that was the conversation if we talked about things in our past that you know were were <coughs> moments yeah. of change growth yeah. impact so. I think we had said we were going to stick to three apiece, but I have four. <laughs> four God and a half, it, actually. God damn it, Brad. <laughs> Sorry. You had one job. <laughs> yeah. I really I wrestled with mine. Now I know that I could have gone to five. Yeah, I man. To. I had um, 12. So <laughs> one for each tribe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to like basically go through the word Ebenezer. Yeah. Is the word mm-hmm. you use, and which is was what made me think, oh, God, that does sound great. Let's talk about Ebenezer's. Um, so... 
I looked up some definitions and then I, I reached out to a to a friend of mine. I'll get into that in a second. You but didn't just fucking ask me what it meant. I know what it. I know what it. I didn't <laughs> want to say, "Hey, Brad, can you talk about?" No, people hear about you all, from all the time. So, um, uh, Ebenezer is usually capitalized. It's a commemoration of divine assistance. Yeah. It means stone of help. Eben mean stone, and then uh, Ezer means or e- Ezer. Ezer. Technically, it'd be Eben Ezer. So it means help. Yeah, so. like thus far the Lord has helped us is what they, you know, in the book of Samuel. First so Samuel. First Samuel chapter yep. 7. Um, so <clears throat> do you want to talk about like kind of the history of that? Well, I mean, they just set up a, in Samuel sets up a stone um, and the, after they recover the Ark mm-hmm. of the Covenant from the Philistines, they set up a stone. From Indiana Jones. Yes, okay. the one that melts the Nazis' faces. Yeah. Um, we man, we Tim boy, could we use an Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant these days? <laughs> if anybody knows where that is, hit us up. <laughs> Jesus, send that shit right to Washington D.C. Um, here's a gift for you. Here's a knock, gift. Knock. <laughs> Since you're so holy, open this fucker up. Um, and so, it was a big thing in that day to sort of set up commemorative places, like a, you know, you kind of see this even in the New Testament when on the Mount of Transfiguration, mm-hmm. the first thing when they see all that shit happening peter's like we should set up a temple here like we should set this needs to be commemorated remembered and Mm -hmm. jesus is like no we're not doing that shit anymore basically but like that's a very jewish thing to do like back in that day is when something significant happened that you attributed to the lord you set up a place mark it a monument yes yeah to remember that uh to remember that place something significant happened in this place so yeah. yeah So I talked to uh, Ron Smith, the resident pub theologian, yeah, pastor's nice. pub, because I, I knew I was like, I want to get somebody's opinion who kind of knows shit, yeah. and and Ron knows shit, yeah. So um, he broke it down for me, kind of the story of First First Samuel into like three different uh, groups and and what it would mean to to those people. So the first group is for basically the people at that time, what it would mean to them. Um, what it would mean to like modern Christians because we got to apply it to our lives, mm-hmm. yeah. and then uh, what it would mean to um, agnostics, atheists, and non Christians. Yep. So, from the perspective of the people that were there on that time, it, it would um, the account is a reminder to the people of Israel that their reliance upon God was never consistent, and that if uh, they wouldn't if they wouldn't rely on other gods and the gods of other nations, they would not be struggling as much as they were. The gods themselves are um, one point of criticism for Israel needing uh, a king and what a king will, and what a king will do to the people. So instead of trusting in God, God has always been an ever present help in a, in time of trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, But the people needed images of stone, wood and flesh, like a child needs a blankie to make them feel secure. So that's kind of at, at that time hmm. a reminder. For uh, the Christian, modern-day Christian, um, he would interpret the account of First Samuel 7 to say that they should rely on God rather than social status, privilege, bank account, etc., uh, because those things are fickle, and uh, it is God who makes sure that we have our daily bread. And then for someone who is not a Christian, but, for example, from the pub, he said, <laughs> uh, who is agna- agnostic, uh, atheist, or pagan, because um, that's everyone in the pub. Um, 
No, uh, this story can be seen as an allegory on focusing on what really matters. Uh, if you want to grow as a person, then the things or idols that are distracting you will cause you to suffer like the Philistines did uh, to the people of Israel. Um, so when you put those things away, i.e. Toxic, toxic, toxic relationships, drama, bitterness, resentment, hatred, etc., growth will be possible. Yep. Um, it's like deconstruction, removing all the excess to get to the core of what you really believe and building upon the solid foundation. So Ron Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, cool. thanks, Ron. Yeah. Nice. So I, I, like, I like that he broke it down for three different people. So the, we're talking about milestones in our in our, in our spiritual journey yeah if you will yep yeah so who wants Very to go cool. all jesus okay um i think one of the earlier ones <clears throat> i mean i had those you know like mountaintop camp experiences sure. but those didn't actually change me right um I came back to the aforementioned Bible college. Uh, <laughs> you came back to the heart of worship? Yes. <laughs> Johnson Bong College. <laughs> uh, I came back there a couple days before my sophomore year started, before there were many students on campus. And I was hanging out with an older student, friend. I mean, he was like three years older, a uh, friend of mine. And he was, he was married, so he lived on campus. So I was hanging out with him, and we were like, hey, we need to get off campus so we can go smoke. And so <laughs> we go for a drive and he's just like, so did you find Jesus this summer? And I was just like, kind of, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, seriously. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I've got him nailed down pretty good here. And, uh, and so he's like, I did. And he starts telling me about the ragamuffin gospel. Oh, nice. And this book. And mm -hmm. I'm like, it, he, it was so basic what he, he was like, Tell me how it's like God just loves us because God loves us. And like we don't all things I had probably heard at some yes. point yeah. growing up yep. that like just all the basic sort of gospel stuff without like your sins, you know, or like another nail in Jesus and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just Shit. like yep. it was just like actual good news. And <laughs> fancy that. And it was so simple. And it was like seriously driving out in the country there, smoking backwoods cigars. And he's just like to him, because I told him this years later, like that was like a defining moment in my life. And he's yeah. like, uh, I don't when? Yeah. Like, <laughs> because it was just like, it's, oh, yeah. It so was like it was, was for you. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, that was that was one of my earlier ones where I really felt my trajectory change. It was like I got all the stuff I'd been believing and saying all these years. It was like, oh, yeah, it's like it goes from there's there's moments where it kind of goes from the head to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it opened. I mean, that whole idea of grace opened me up to other people having that same love and that same grace and like me not needing to judge them. Yeah. And I mean, it really changed the tr the trajectory i was on yeah so that was that was a moment very cool yeah is that the only one you got oh doing them all in a row we round robin how, how, what let's do round robin yeah. all right go brad uh my first one this is gonna sound really weird um given good well Late i mean just night, brad was jerking off <laughs> <laughs> nope i was a little young for that uh my first one i kind of put down was my baptism when i was eight. Oh yeah 
That sounds really weird because I spent a lot of time after I kind of trashed my faith and tore everything apart. Um, kind of, I don't know if denying my past is the right word, mm-hmm. but like kind of just laughing at it discounting maybe or it. discounting it. But I very vividly remember that day. Yeah. Um, the reality is every journey has kind of a genesis. There's a there's a beginning to every mm-hmm. sort of journey. This is the Brad origin story. Yeah, yeah I guess <laughs> so. Um, and though I don't believe anything hardly the same way that I did when I was eight, really probably nothing that I did mm-hmm. the way I did when I was eight, that was a very real experience for me. Um, what, I, what I felt, I don't think was fake. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Like looking back... So I was eight years old. Um, the way our church did it, if you wanted to be baptized, you had to go do some classes for a few Saturdays or something, like a month worth of Saturdays mm-hmm. with the pastor. <clears throat> and so there were a few of us that kind of went through those classes, and they just wanted to make sure, do you know what you're doing, blah, 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 you know. Um, and, of course, I was eight. No, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, like, you know, of course, yes, I did, yeah. yeah. Jesus is my Savior. He's my, yeah. Um, but... It's not even the stuff that I confessed that I remember as much as uh, that day my dad baptized me. They yeah. allowed my dad to baptize me, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me at that time, that was the day I was saved. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was the narrative. Like, when you it was get a baptized. Abedizer. Yeah, it was like a literal, like, this is the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is what you point to. Looking back. I don't think that's true anymore, but, but it was in a sense in that, in that, yes, in that moment. Yes, absolutely. That's what it felt like. So I remember, uh, after, uh, after the service, they had me when I was baptized. Uh, well, my dad, I remember my dad hugging me, you know, when we, when it came out of the, when I came out of the water, Mm -hmm. um, and it meant so much to him. My grandparents were like tears in their eyes, like, My mom, you know, I mean, just and, and I remember afterwards they had me go up to the front and people from the congregation just came forward and they were hugging me and telling me yeah. how much they love me. And I was just in tears like it, I, and I don't like looking back. It was just, it, I, I having processed it. It was literally just tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And at eight years old, I don't even yeah. know over what. Yeah. But I felt in that moment so loved, so accepted. Um, it felt so real. And so, you know, I can, I can look back on that now, you know, literally 30 years later mm-hmm. and, and say that that was a real experience. And that, that was sort of a watershed moment in my faith. That was kind of a beginning point mm-hmm. to what I am now. Without that basis, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. It really kind of set in motion the, the path that I've been on for the last 30 years and will mm-hmm. continue to whatever that path looks like now and what it will look like in the future. That was the beginning point. And I was thinking about that today and how I just, it kind of just felt really beautiful to sort of remember, you know, remember yeah, that time yeah. and remember that day. Cause it was very real. I mean, yeah. it's easy for us when we deconstruct to just sort of discount all of that mm-hmm. shit in our past or we throw it all out, throw it all out. But for good or ill, that stuff mattered. Yeah. It belongs. Yeah. It made in, in some way shaped you and formed you into who you are today. You know, without that, I may not have become a pastor. Mm-hmm. I may not have gone to a fake college, but then actually 
met my wife, who's been one of the best things in my life mm-hmm. ever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you may not have started the shitty podcast, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you can look back and there's all these pieces and stuff. Um, and I, that was just, I don't know, it's just a really formative experience for me and a good experience. I, you know, I don't, it wasn't like I felt, you know, a dove descend from heaven yeah. onto my shoulder or anything, yeah. but like, you should have been at my baptism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, being bald Jesus. My baptism um, was uh, Christmas Actually, Eve. back in the day, you looked kind of like real Jesus. You had the long hair. And the... Yeah, I didn't have the beard. I couldn't do both at no, the same time. I, know, I had right? to give it up. Yeah. yeah. It all just slowly. It slowly just sort down. of migrated. Most, most of it made it to my back. <laughs> gravity <laughs> gravity took hold. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I just. it was just a very good thing for me. It was just a, it was a good experience that I look back on now on as I'm reconstructing and going, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was yeah. real. I mean, that, that for whatever that was, whatever was happening, whether it was just psychological, mm-hmm. whatever, it was real and it was a good experience. And I felt so loved by my church family and yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? They deeply cared for me. And, you know, back in the day when we got baptized, the church would also sort of take on not vows, but basically kind of like, yeah. basically we will, the, he is part of the family and we will love him and care for him too. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just, I don't know. It was just a very real experience and a very good experience. That I look back on it's kind of the beginning point of where I am now. Yeah. So. I, whenever I got baptized, I was part of the candlelight service on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I shit you not. Nice. How great is that? Do, do they it. sing Silent Night while you were baptized? No, they did the, the, the whole thing. And it was like, if you want to hang out and then like everyone stayed. And oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Um, when did you get baptized? Have, are you have you been dunked? Oh yeah, yeah. Double was, dunked. Double no. dunked. Have you ever, did you ever rededicate your life to the Lord at a oh, um, conference? Sh- well, I never went to CIY, but I'm <laughs> every year I rededicated myself at <laughs> yeah. church camp. <laughs> I think I did that once. I think I rededicated my life one time. I, I think it was at a CIY conference. Yeah, I never I, got redunked. I don't think. I never got redunked, but I definitely rededicated my life. Oh, By the yeah. time I was 15, I was like, I think I've rededicated myself enough. Yeah. I'll sit God's, here and cry. Like, God's I'll, up, be, I'll be moved. God's but. up there like, bro, it's not going to take. Just yeah. stop. It's just. I can remember uh, part of the reason why I never rededicated my life is I had a youth pastor who had, during at CIY, some, some people went forward and rededicated their lives. He's like, I don't ever want you to do that ever again. Really? <laughs> he's like, don't ever rededicate your So life. he's the once saved, always saved guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He was like, this is the last time. It better take this time. <laughs> wow. Lord. Yeah. This is great. And then you went home and jerked off. Yep. <laughs> Jerking off. Jerking off. Um, <laughs> so I had, I had a lot of those, like, the, the, the you know, dedication, you're dedicating mm-hmm. your life, baptism, dedicating my life to vocational ministry, the whole fucking nine yards. Um, but when I was thinking about this, I was thinking more of like major shifts and there were a lot of minor ones, but I, I think the one that really kind of flipped everything upside down was, um, nine 11. Um, I don't want to blame it all on nine. I don't want to blame it all on nine 11, <laughs> but a little bit. Of, so George Bush nine 11 in, in the war on terror. Honestly, it was the first time where I could look at my church and say, I don't agree with you on this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't support what you're supporting here. Um, you know, the, the unveiling that church and state should be separate. It should be 
two separate entities. And I feel like that's where it became inextricably fused. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was kind of a pivot point for the church in America, too, where mm-hmm. I think they were already pretty much in bed with the oh, state. Yeah. But that, like, cemented yeah. the whole fucking thing. And when I look when I looked at the teachings of Jesus, you know, love your enemy, yeah. you know, love your neighbor. Like, it didn't line up. Like, right. how, how do you love your enemies when you're bombing them? How's a we'll, we'll show we are Christians by our bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, it didn't, it never made sense. And yeah. I can remember a sermon series Rob Bell gave around Christmas time. Um, and instead of doing the traditional like Christmas services, mm-hmm. he did it on, uh, on basically war and on, and on violence and, and, and nonviolence. And I remember it being so controversial come to find out like years later, I heard the backstory and he lost a lot of people mm-hmm. during that time, yeah. usually in a time where you gain people during the holidays. Yeah. He was losing people. Um, and eventually that, that sermon series made its way into a book called, uh, Jesus wants to save the Christians. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. By Rob Bell and Don Golden. Mm-hmm. So check it out. It's on audiobook. I listened to it, part of it today just cause I was like, oh, I gotta remember some of that. Yeah. But the, but the myth of redemptive violence, um, ears of the revolution was, was pretty, um, key in that mm-hmm. in that transition and it's the first time i could like argue with my elders and, and like my parents and be like no this isn't what jesus says this he doesn't say we should we should get even mm-hmm. he doesn't say say that we should bomb them back to the stone age that's not what jesus is about you know he says turn the other cheek and it was the first time i could have a voice for myself and saying this is not who i am um yeah, so that was real pivotal. Pivotal. Uh, it's also how I became a, a Dixie Chicks fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not ready to back down. Um, but I, I think I deconstructed the the church's stances before I deconstructed my own personal stances, and I'm yeah. like, this doesn't this doesn't line up for me. So, yeah, cool, nice. Um, I feel like we should weave back into Brad because he's got 18. Should we go to Brad, Brad <laughs> got and then four, go to Lucas? Dick. Right. Four and a half. The hub, the axle point. Um, <clears throat> so my parents got divorced when I was five. And uh, funny thing is my dad's gay. and Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert for those of you that don't know that. Um, but that was never a hard thing from even when I was like full on like conservative Christian I it just never like troubled me mm-hmm. for some reason um probably cuz he's your dad in your well <laughs> that but I w- I wasn't worried about him going to hell yeah. I wasn't you know um and so anyway but they got divorced and um my mom remarried so I had a stepdad that I was raised with and uh I always looked at it as like when people be like, Oh, your parents got divorced. That must've been really hard. And I was like, no, you know, I mean, it's just what happened. And like, I feel like I've dealt with it pretty well. Cause I'm an Enneagram nine. We're <laughs> 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 all three nines around this table. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So, um, the meaning of the nines. Yes. Um, so anyway, I can, I went into life. Do you guys know that you know, the Enneagram, uh, uh, is directly related to your dick size. Just so you know. Exactly, exactly. It's directly That's proportional. Matt's a one. <laughs> yep. 
So um, I I grew I was a I guess pretty well adjusted person. I never really had any problems. So I was like, oh, I did fine with that. And so go to school, get married, and I was I was at a training for my job when I got out of college. I worked with Youth for Christ Campus Life for several years, and I was at like this training conference. And I remember we were in, we had like small groups that we would like talk about our life stories and do all this stuff with. And this guy was telling a story about his dad. It's not relevant to the story, but it's a great story. So (laughs) he got, he got in a wreck on his way to school one day and fender bender, whatever. Um, But he called his dad and was like, Hey, I got in a wreck, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, the car still drove. So he went to school and he drove the car home dented and he walks in. He's like worried about what his dad's going to do how much trouble he's going to be in. And he walks in and his dad has two suitcases sitting in the living room. And he's like, I've packed up your stuff. You're going to your grandma's. And the kid is just like devastated, obviously. And then the dad's like, I'm just kidding. I don't care. I'm glad you're safe. And they like (laughs) hugged and laughed. And, and like when he told that story, I was like, Oh, I didn't grow up with my dad. Hmm. Like I didn't have like, regular interactions i'd you know see my dad a few times a year and it just kind of was like eating at me throughout the day like i'm sitting here going yeah my parents got divorced i didn't grow up with my dad but i like adjusted to it and that little that story just made me go i really missed out on something and so it was you know that night because as it is you have like small groups and workshops during the day and then you have like worship at night and so it's during the music, of of course, but I wasn't singing it, and I was just thinking about that and thinking about that. And all of a sudden, it was just like, I just realized this like lack I had in my life that mm. I'd always denied or yeah. been asleep to or whatever. And I just remember like busting out crying. Like it was just yeah. like, and I'm not a crier. Like I try. Um, <laughs> You're a lover, not a crier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, almost doubled over like realizing how big of a thing that was in my life and how like denying my reality was and um it was like almost simultaneously and however for the language like this sounds like what i felt like i heard i did not audibly hear but heard in my heart was like of course like i've always been with you i'm your father you know, I love you. And my dad loves me, but we didn't live geographically together. Right. And it was just like, as soon as I felt broken open, it wasn't like that was all stuffed back in. Yeah. But it was like, I felt like there was divine love. Hmm. Some where comfort. It, yeah, where it was okay to be, to be broken, to admit that I had hurt and lack and loss. And so that was a, that was a big change for me. Um, just like, realizing oh even though i'm just like this mild-mannered you know quote-unquote stable person <laughs> uh i have shit and it's okay to say that because you know the cracks are where the light gets in kind of thing yeah, yeah. sure so that, that was a that was a big moment for me cool uh my next one is uh i was a really new youth minister um i was like 23 probably mm-hmm. And got a call one night, like at, I don't know, 7 o'clock at night, something like that. It was the pastor, <clears throat> senior pastor that I worked for at the church. And uh, he was like, hey, um, 
lady in the church uh, who also happened to be a mom of a girl that was coming to youth group um, had a bad accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm going up to the hospital if you want to go with me up in it, the uh, helicopter uh, center chopper center to Indianapolis. She had um, uh, she uh, was mowing her yard and was mowing on an incline on a riding mower and it oh. tipped <clears throat> and fell on top of her and in the into a ditch and the ditch had some water in it and her head was underwater so obviously really bad he's like it's it's not not a good situation so i went with him we went up there um we were up there the entire night and she died Mm -hmm. Um, we were there as the family there's the doctors told them like she's brain dead basically like yeah um, basically at this point we're we're talking about, um, you know, donating her organs and all that stuff mm-hmm. and, um, getting an Amber, Amber alert, alert on my yeah, phone. For Fort Wayne. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, you know, the girl at the time in my youth group, she was like in sixth grade. I mean, how do you even begin to process any of that shit? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and... I realized at the age of 23, I had no fucking idea what to say to her. Yeah. Yeah. I had no answers. Like going through Bible college and you're going into youth ministry, you're taught in Bible college, especially a more conservative one to these are the answers. And in that moment, none of them, like the answers I had been given made no sense in that situation. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like it seemed like in that moment, every, answer that I had a was either no comfort or B like, like just, it, it made like it, horse shit. Well, I mean, it sounded like horse shit or excuse me. Also not just sound like horse shit, but like didn't make like, geez, that Amber alert will not go away. It didn't make, it just made God look like a complete shithead. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like none of it. What the fuck? Matt's texting us right God. now. <laughs> what a Threw dick. my phone off the table. Um, Matt. So, Matt just sent us several dick pics. So, fuck great. that guy. <laughs> Neat. Let's see his Enneagram 1. <laughs> well, he's drinking again. Yeah. Um, so, oh, he really does have a nanopene. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway. Uh, it's that small? I Like, I had, I had no idea what to say to her or to the family in that moment no yeah. clue i literally was speechless I, I i didn't know looking back speechless was the thing i needed to be right but right. at the time that was not the case like i was there to provide an answer i was there to pray i was there no yeah. prayers seemed adequate nothing i could have said made any fucking sense mm-hmm. and i think that was a major pivot point for me and how i started to sort of rethink yeah god yeah um, because I realized at that moment, easy and pat answers that I was given sort of led me down some avenues to where if I followed those things, those arguments and answers to their logical conclusion, that God was a pretty fucking terrible being. Yep. Yeah. And so that was a very, um, very pivotal uh, moment in my ministry and in my in my kind of my faith, I guess. So. Yeah. Um. So, the next one that God, I didn't open my phone because I have notes on here and saw Matt's dick. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, so 
the next one for me, um, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, uh, leaving the church, um, deciding to leave the church of my youth and taking that step of just like, okay, I can't, I can't be, I can't stand with you anymore. Yeah. I can't, you can, I cannot be a representation of what you are. Yep. Um, and I I get the people that can stick through it and, and, you know, hang out, you know, and, and try and, and fix what they can. But at at one point, all three of us have left a church, you know, multiple times and, and it becomes, um, just that first time it was, it, it was hard because there was so much other stuff, um, so much to see. And it was just, was a monster that, um, that it never should have been, never, never had to be. Um, but it was, um, and I think that, you know, obviously is super, super formative and, you know, me basically saying, okay, this was the faith of my youth. This is the church my parents brought me to. It's the people that prayed for me when I was an infant. Yep. You know, I had a stroke at birth and mm-hmm. they all came over to my parents' house and, and prayed around me because um, they never they thought I would never be able to walk or talk. Right. Still working on that talking. Thing. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to say I it. I had to say it just because I knew you were thinking <laughs> it. Um, so, um, you know, leaving that family, that community... Um, and then taking, you know, my faith into my own hands, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being responsible for my own spiritual well being. And I think there's something to say when you leave a church and you take it upon yourself to continue that journey, um, yeah. versus fuck it, I'm done, close the book, let's do football on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that. And I think there's a season for that as well. But I think you have at some point you want to kind of pick that, th- th- pick it back up and look at it and yeah. say what holds weight, what's still good, what's bad. Just because those fuckers were assholes doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the whole thing is bad. Um, and for me, it you know reading books, listening to podcasts, listening to to sermons and speakers that that spoke to me and and. Um, you know, Rob Bell was pivotal, mm-hmm. just absolutely goddamn pivotal to yep. my spiritual yep. uh, walk. He still is, has a, has a, I mean, I'll never be the same because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I don't give him enough credit just because I just should. I mean, he, without his teachings, and, and I know Ron is listening and he's saying, Rob Bell just stole all those teachings from other people. Yes. Yes. That's fine. He, he knows. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but for real, um, without hearing it the way he was saying it, yep. I, I w- we wouldn't be sitting around this right. table. Nope. That's for damn sure. Nope. Yeah. I'd be probably at worship practice right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday night, guys. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> be leading the youth. Yep. Yeah. Some holy ghost wiener roast action. <laughs> holy ghost wiener roast. <laughs> so... So, I mean, leaving the church and taking my spirituality into my own hands and without, you know, not being spoon fed anymore. Yep. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think the other one of mine, this is just sort of like a, a time, a, a season as a Christian should say. Um, but my wife, uh, got, we both got like more into the charismatic stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 
she more so like you went from t-rex and for jesus to putting the hand straight up yeah well yeah. i was i was fully extended for jesus <laughs> fully feel, erect feel for goal. jesus <laughs> um yeah <laughs> um but anyways we um we just kind of got exposed to like charismatic stuff in like less crazy ways than we'd always like seen or heard it and it was um so it was like more approachable and it mm-hmm. was wasn't like crazy most, yep. most of the time yeah. yeah um and and through that t- for me it was more like in my head processing the ideas that i was like well i mean yeah but this sh- sure sounds crazy and and like just learning all this stuff and um but for her it was like she was having her life changed mm-hmm. like yeah. she had um she, she the reason she pursued it was because she's like literally had a headache for 22 how long have we been married <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it does kind of coincide Bazing! Yeah. <laughs> no she has like a, a constant headache that spikes and gets worse but it never goes away yeah i know um, that. i know that feels <laughs> yeah and um so she was like pursuing healing for that which you know at one point in my life I would have been like that's crazy and like now i'm at a point in my life where it'd probably be like that might crazy. not be crazy <laughs> but it's don't, don't put all your eggs oil on it yeah get some get some essential oils yes uh <laughs> so she she kind of went down that road pursuing that she still has the headaches today, but she had so much change in her. Um, and, and actually like she was really bad, like hypoglycemic, like it kept getting worse where it was like, if she hadn't eaten in two hours, she was lightheaded and stuff. Mm. And that was actually one night she had a dream that, um, the people at our church who like prayed with people and stuff that she was like, mentioned it to him and he was like oh we should pray about that and he did and she was healed so the next day she was like hey i had this dream that that happened and he was like well i guess we should pray about that and she literally like has not had that problem from that day forward Mm -hmm. which i don't know what to do with that yeah and i can go i can go like you know what a great well no but i mean i think the power of the mind and it's not like hypoglycemia is not necessarily i i'm not a doctor but i play one on tv (laughs) play one on this podcast uh you know i know it's it's one of the more like squishy things yeah so it totally could but even that like changing someone's mind like kind of if your mind is doing this yeah like it's hard to change someone's mind yeah yeah, and especially an instant way that physiologically even if it is all in her head yeah fucking crazy yeah Yeah. right so there there were some tangible physical things that happened and some like i won't go into the stories of some like stuff with our kids um that were just like pretty crazy stories but that whole season there and then i think just spiritually not like religiously jesus-y but like my wife's spirit during that time changed a lot she experienced a lot of healing same thing that would happen with like counseling. I mean, she was basically going through her life story and processing it, yeah. praying and stuff. Um, and she was a different person after that. And, but that whole season is really what opened me up to like mystery because 
one of the frustrations of being in that world was they were like, well, this is what, like, if there's a problem, it's either a demon or sin or this. I mean, it was like checklists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I didn't buy that shit. And I was like, but, like, it opened me up to this mystery. And then, and then that kind of led me on to, like, being able to, like, be a little looser with other things. Yeah. yeah. And... And so it was like kind of this double-edged thing where it was like, I really enjoyed a lot of aspects yep. of the like charismatic mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And it really like opened things up in me, but I was also skeptical enough of it that like, I was like, oh, this is not yeah like the be all end all camp. Like mm-hmm. I could not, I love going to like charismatic churches. I could not go to one every week. Right. Like, so that's too much spiritual heroin. You know what I, mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, there's just so much about it that makes me like, I mean, Itchy. yeah. And yeah. some, I've been in some places where charismatic stuff has been done really, I guess I qualified as really well. I mean, the first time I heard someone like give a prophecy word of knowledge, this was pretty cool. <laughs> they were like, cause I always thought, People said prophecy, it was like, you know, laying on your side, cook your food on shit. (laughs) No, we didn't talk about what real prophets of the Bible did. Um, It was like, you know, these pronouncements and all Mm -hmm. this, and you had to get this look on your face. And this lady was on the stage, and she was just like, I just have this picture in my head, and it's like when uh, Luke and Han and Leia are in the garbage compactor, and you know that scene you know and she's like talking about it and she's like i just feel like someone that's how your spirit your heart feels right now and i'd like to pray for you so of course it's general it's not like this amazing story but yeah. it was so natural and relatable and i was like that lady's not batshit crazy yeah she's just like saying oh this is the sense i have and yeah. i'd like to pray with you yeah and i was like Okay, I'm down with that. So all of my prophecies are Star Wars related <laughs> as a result. But Praise all the, the best ones are. Yeah. So that whole thing kind of set me up. It definitely broke a lot of my rigid. Yeah. The way beliefs are held. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and it opened me up to more mystery and not having to know. Like, I still love to pray for people. And at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if this does a damn Yeah. Thing. Yeah. But... I, I feel the same way. Yeah. I like I like I, to I think pray there's there's with. something there's fucking something to it. It's weird. Well, and I just go I mean, in person, like I mean I have people that I pray for um on my own, but when I can sit with someone and pray with them yeah. and like just be like I mean, I guess it's that kind of physical I'm image of God and it's energy. I just you're, wonder you're I just say, I wonder them. I wonder how much of it is just the science that, you know yeah. of literal energy transfers yeah. that and there's happens. a lot of that science is like this this shit happens there's yeah. literally energy going back and forth atoms going back and forth like how much of that is related to that but like i said who gives a shit right yeah. i don't give a shit if it's that or if it is something supernatural there's there can be something there is still something about when i was really struggling like a week ago mm. i put something in the pub i could just use i it was vague booking, yeah. yeah. But was like I could just really use some prayer stairs, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. In that evening, by that evening, it, I just felt better. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a shit what that is yeah. because in the reality, the reality is that in that moment, I just felt better. Yeah. yeah. 
I, there's something to that. I don't know what it is, but there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're, the, we are all connected. Everything is spiritual on, on, a, on a lens, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's, there, there's interconnectedness flowing through everything. And, and what we're doing is just acknowledging that, that energy that's already flowing through everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. So do you right. want to go your next one? Sure. Okay. Uh, we've talked, um, the other guy and I have talked about this on the podcast Who? before. Never heard of uh, the Rob Bell retreat we went to mm-hmm. yeah. um, in the kind of early two thousands would have been probably around two thousand four. The early aughts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, up in Wisconsin, spent a week listening to Rob Bell teach for eight hours a day. Yeah, eating meals with him and whatever. Like those classes and the notes I took. I mean, I took like a binder worth of notes Mm -hmm. in those classes. And I understand how some people feel about Rob Bell, but like I wouldn't be where I am in my faith without his teaching. I just, I wouldn't, he was saying it once again, I know he's a master of collating information and a master of presenting that information in a, in a relatable way that you can hear it in a very short sentence. Yes. Like, so I, I get like yeah exactly a lot of a lot of blank space so. yeah um but like that that retreat gave me permission to question and doubt everything I had ever been taught mm-hmm. yeah and it showed me a new way to read the Bible that actually made it make sense and made it actually feel alive mm-hmm. yeah I I grew up the Bible's a living the living word of God it, it never felt like anything was living because mm-hmm. it was just a dead something a bunch of shit that happened yeah like that's not living if it's just a bunch of shit that happened he made it come alive Mm -hmm. to me like yeah and read it exploring things like context shit that i should have been taught in bible college like you know what i'm saying like context and looking at what it meant then before we can talk about what it means for us now like that it wasn't written to me as a 21st century american Mm-hmm. Or it was written to this particular time and place, these particular people. Like, it, it just gave me, it, it, it literally, I mean, we've talked about it before, but Matt and I sat in the cabin one night. We had a cabin to ourselves. There was hardly anybody at this thing, amazingly Did you enough. Record a Bony Bear album. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For cabin Mandy. in Wisconsin. For Mandy forever ago. <laughs> um, but. We I we we ver- one night before bed we we literally looked at each other and I think one of us said to the other one, "It's nothing's ever going to be the same." Yeah, there was just this palpable sense of like, "We're fucked." I mean, really, we like, will never keep a I mean, church when, job again. When we interviewed when we interviewed Rob and I actually sat and I told him, mm-hmm. "You ruined my life in the best way possible," and he was wasn't really sure how to take that, but I mean that is like a legitimate compliment, like tore down everything so and, and, and then it was able to like help me to rebuild something meaningful in its place um so that yeah for me that retreat was just uh, it was just massive i mean it, it changed everything i went back and the stuff that i was teaching the students in my youth group and they ate it up like yeah. which tells you something which tells you the shit that they had been taught by their parents and by the in Sunday school, mm-hmm. they ate it up because they were. I think they already at that point as middle school and high schoolers were like, I think some of this is kind of bullshit. Like, yeah. 
You know what I mean? And so when you present it in a different way, in a way that makes sense, in a way that they can digest at their age, like, they were like, yeah, I mean, this is great. Like, yeah. high schoolers I, can, are really great bullshit detectors. Oh, yeah. massive bullshit detectors. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that was the beginning of the end of my ministry. Um, I just didn't. I, I kind of knew that that was probably where it was headed, but it took years to get there. Um but it was also in the meantime, while I was still in ministry, I think made my teaching and made my ministry that much more yeah. good, yeah, mm-hmm. and effective. Like with very t- gooder, yeah. With very much it was good. just, it was just, I don't know. I was just able to connect with students in a so much better of a way, and and just, not just students, just people in general. Um, and because it, it just it gave me permission to just start ripping it everything out mm-hmm. and rearranging it, so. All right, what do you got, buddy? Um, okay, so I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, too. So new listeners, hey, how's it going? This is a, <laughs> this is a brand new story for you. <laughs> my name's Michael. Um, my name is Michael. I'll be your host. Um, uh, Where's this episode of Survivor? There, uh, uh, Survivor <laughs> yeah, Survivor does Wind start him up tonight. and let him go. Survivor does start tonight. I'm still missing it that. to be here. They're Jesus still making is our, Jesus is our big brother. It's the premiere. <laughs> it's the premiere of Survivor, the finale of Big Brother. So, you're you're um, you're you're, you're hitting on all the all the feels. Um, so, it's whenever I quit my job. Uh, I, I worked on a job in management and um, was not fully present. I'm still working on being present. Yeah. And this is, and I would say this is where I'm at now is, is working on being more present and, and whether, yeah, I'm not there. You can ask my yeah. wife. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not there. Yeah. You know, hang out with me, watch me check my phone. It'll I don't happen. know that you, I don't know that you really ever have made it known that you're a super present guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know that you need to even need uh, that disclaimer. Yeah. I'm not going to act ever. Like, you've never acted like some sort of fucking I've got I don't know, like out. a Buddhist, yes, <laughs> something like <laughs> I'm working on it, right. yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to pretend like I'm 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 not I'm there I'm there now, right? So, um, but how to be here by Rob Bell? We're going to mention him again a thousand yep. more times. Uh, that book came out. Yep. Uh, there's a Switchfoot song came that came out called "Live It Well." Um, that with me moving to the country, um, and and being eating a lot of peaches, uh, eating copious amounts of peaches um all of like, when we moved to my house my my son who was much younger at the time said where are the peaches because i had listened to that song so many times he wanted to know but um it, a very intentional made some intentional choices to slow down um to i i don't use social media very much anymore i'm, I'm in the pastor's pub but um few weeks ago I deleted every post on Facebook I've ever had um I went through and and looked at like that and saw how much ego was wrapped up in my posts I'm not saying that posting things is bad not at all I'm not saying that at all but for me I have to redefine the lines of of how do I present who I am in a social media context that isn't me presenting who I want to be Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah Pete Rollins we're all walking propaganda posters yeah yeah. fuck yes Pete Rollins fucked me up (laughs) um but really that Pete Rollins the you know all those things come together, you know, it, it, the mind fuck, uh, that, that we are not who we think we are, <laughs> you yeah. know, we're, we're just yeah. not, yeah. uh, we're, we're not who we, who we present, um, in exploring the freedom to find who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can watch like 
videos of people performing music. Um, Hobo Johnson. Did you watch that video I sent no. you? Because um, I... <laughs> You yeah. said it, you're like, this is really good. And I was like, I sent a message back. I said, wait, Daniel Johnston good or actual good? Well, and he said a little bit of both. I was like, well, that's all I need not, to know. Not going to watch it. But he was on uh, NPR, Tiny Desk concert. I think Ryan Nelson posted it in the pub. And it's it's just a guy who's, you can see his face. You can see while he's performing, he is happy. He's 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 content. He's present. Um, and he's, he's got his faults. I'm not I'm not pr- saying that we should all be like hobo Johnson, (laughs) but, but it's exploring freedom to, to, to not be afraid to be who you are in every avenue of your life. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's breaking the chains of, of this whole progression of my life is me unlearning who I thought I was or who I was told I am Mm -hmm. in order to find myself. And, um, so I'm I'm working through, working through through all that, you know, trying to learn how to be present for my for my wife and for my kids and 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 my friends and uh, while still setting up boundaries to to protect myself and you know working it out, man. So um, just making intentional choices to be here. Yep. So now, girl, be here now. <laughs> be here right in the now. bathroom. <laughs> We just need to add that to all of our <laughs> yeah, moments. Absolutely, Charisma- had a charismatic moment in the bathroom. <laughs> Jerking off in the bathroom. I'm very excited right now. In the bathroom. Whoa! In the bathroom. Laurel. In the bathroom. Oh, Brad God. was baptized in the bathroom. <laughs> oh. Matt is still texting. Yeah, us. yeah. I'm ignoring it. Uh, Lucas, you you have any other ones? Um. I mean, you don't have to just fabricate something if you. No, I think honestly, podcasts. As I mean, we've changed your life. I get it. Yeah, this very podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I enjoy reading, but I just don't do it much. Yeah, and like you know, five years ago, I guess when I started listening to podcasts, I was listening to, you know, just people like Greg Boyd, and then I got into Brian Zahn, and all these people who, like the first few times i listened to greg boyd he was saying stuff that i never heard in church and i was like whoa you know when people are like thanks for saying like Mm -hmm. putting to words what was in my mind and that's how i felt and and that just kind of led down a road you know yeah um that's how i I mainly listened to rob bell was through his sermons at marcel yeah and and so that um that that was huge because for me there's so much i mean it probably needs to be a lot more out of my head yeah you know sure. formation yeah. um but just sometimes i'm i was so like kind of hamstrung by the ideas that i was like i don't yeah i don't get this yeah and like so i mean when we started red door like we were we all thought evangelicalism was was pretty silly and all that but we were basically like a kinder hipper evangelical church yeah Yeah. and like here i am now seven years later and i'm like i i there's no way i can identify as an evangelical right and like um yeah i'm just in such a different place and most of that is because i've been able to you know hear great teachers hear great discussions hear all this stuff and that's 
through this magical thing in my pocket that goes to my ears. And yeah. It's been really cool. to, to what you're saying about um, getting it out of your head, I was thinking about, I was talking to my brother today for two hours in the car, um, and we were talking about how kind of, kind of both sides, uh, there's, a, there's a representation to, to say things but not actually do it. And on, you know, the, the conservative, you've got the thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, thoughts, but we're not going to actually do anything to fucking change it. Yeah, right. And then on the, on the other side, you've got these armchair advocates who yeah. black lives matter, but I'm not going to do fucking anything about it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to support black lives matter, the movement. I'm not going to, I'm just going to say it. it's going to be on my banner. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there, it's, it's a, it's a mask. It's just a goddamn mask. Yeah. And it's not even who you are; it's who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, it, it's you have to define who you want to be um, in order to become that person. But at some point, the rubber needs to hit the road, and you need to actually be the person that you claim to be. Yeah. In all facets of your life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh. Brad, yeah. two more, three more. Well, no, <laughs> just eight more, nine more. These last two are actually together because it's kind of one season. Of my life, but my ministry burnout slash church plant failure. I don't even count City Hill, and I'll tell you why. Coming up. Coming up. Spoiler alert. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, I went to, when I first decided I, quote, felt the call to ministry, whatever that means. Um, in your pants. Yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Um, I, you know, you, in your mind, as you're going through college and you're going to be a minister, I think you fashion a life for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I, you know, I, my plan was to put some years in in youth ministry because you have to do that before you can be a senior pastor yeah. because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then I'd be a senior pastor and I'd be able to grow a church or be at a big church, which is, you know, mm-hmm. as an evangelical Bible college student, that was that's the, the goal. That's, that's the, that's it. Like, yeah. like that's the the holy grail mm-hmm. um and i was I, I, that's where i was going to be i was going to do that um you know i spent seven years in youth ministry and in year seven i burned out like hard mm-hmm. yeah um just literally out of fucks to give like which is not a great place to be as a minister <laughs> i mean literally like i just didn't give a shit about anything anymore um, I've told the story I, in numerous episodes here and there, pieces of it, but you know, I quit in youth ministry in the middle of the recession. We lost our house. Um, we, uh, bef- in the transition period, um, I actually kind of figured at that point I was done with ministry when I left mm-hmm. the church. I was just so fried. Um, the more time went by, the more I kind of healed a little bit and re-energized mm-hmm. and, was like i'll start my own fucking church then yeah i'll show um, those fuckers well it wasn't even really that like i didn't start it under false under false pretenses of like i'll show them because they, they were good to me it was just yeah. i just burned out like yeah a lot of my burnout was my own fault of trying to do everything on my own but um you know so i moved up to chicago to start a church and we that was two years of planning and moves and you know, to different towns and mm-hmm. trying to get closer to where we're going to be, figuring out where we're going to be, meetings and planning and all this crap, and moved up there and was genuinely convinced I was going to, this was going to happen. Yeah. Um. And then it just didn't. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Like it never got any legs. It never, you know, went up there and nobody fucking cared. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, huh. I'm a big deal, motherfucker. It's a it was an ego destroying experience. Yeah. Um you know, and, and realize and looking back years later, I, I look and I probably moved up there to start a church that was just a monument to my ego. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean I I can admit that now. That's probably what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um was able to really spend some time and I think help some of our neighbors that we had and kind of change their view of what God was like and that kind of thing, which was good. But like, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I remember when it got really bad one day, I just had to leave the house and I got out of the house and went to a park and it, I had this, you know, I've, I think I talked about this on a PCC episode of basically almost not really an audible voice, but this deep sense of let this crush you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, just an ego trashing experience. Uh, and I look, and it was, it was so difficult, but looking back, I wouldn't have changed that year that we were up there for anything. Mm. Um, that's why when, so in city Hill, when we folded that, it didn't even affect me at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was just like, all right, well, that was a thing. Like it, it really, so what it did was like what I found, you know, the, the life that I had thought about planned, like this was what was going to happen. It was going to do this step and this step and this step. Like all of that shit fell apart. Yeah. So it was literally like worst case scenario was, was happening. And what I found was that I, I woke up that I I woke up Mm -hmm. the next day. And that's a, that's a, that's an experience that I think, you know, Richard Rohr talks about, you know, like a lot of deconstruction happens when we bunk up, bump up against the two great teachers, great love or great suffering. Mm-hmm. Like that the mind can't, the dualistic mind doesn't know what to really do with either of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when my life fell apart, what I found actually was more life on the other side of that failure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like I didn't see being more free. I didn't see, how it was possible to continue on if this thing f- failed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels like such a big weight and such a big it is. a big thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then the next day happens. Yeah. The, the 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 sun comes up and you're like, "Oh, well I'm still here." Yeah. And you get to decide how long you carry that. Yeah. And I carried it for a little while. I mean, I'm not it wasn't like it just evaporated. I mean, that was a that was a hard yeah. experience. Yeah. Um you know, I've talked about it before of I don't know why so many people like sort of shudder at the idea when I call it a failure. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't really a failure. No, it was, it was a fucking failure. It's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It failed. The life that I had planned and was building fell apart completely. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere, like, this is not at all what I th- had envisioned myself doing right. at 38 when I was 20 years old. So, and, and my guess is that's the case with most 38-year-olds yeah. that could look back at what they thought it was going to be at 20. There's probably very few people that their life went exactly like they planned, you know. Um, but to, to the, the They're surprise, all named Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, the surprise of all surprises, though, was that what I found was just more freedom in life, and I didn't, I didn't, yeah, see that coming. And it, it, it was just such a watershed moment for me because now when shit happens, I have an easier time. Just well, yeah, whatever. 
you know, when this podcast inevitably ends, which it will at some point, you know, we've talked about it. Spoiler we're, alert. We're not going to be doing this when we're 60. We already have the final episode planned like, out. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, I'll be we're able to just literally go, fire Donald Trump into the <laughs> like if Like, well. if, if we stopped, if we stopped doing this tomorrow, I would be fine. I wouldn't. I would just be able to just go. Well, that was a that was a fun thing. It was a season of my life. Yeah. It helped me to really see that there are just seasons in your life where you're doing this thing, and then when that ends, you go and do another thing. You yeah. go like, yeah. and I think there's just a lot of wisdom in that. You know, all, going through all that shit. Now I read the book of Ecclesiastes, and I'm like, holy shit, this is the best book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It isn't just a bunch of overly negative shit. This is a guy that did everything, saw everything, experienced all the good and all the suffering in life and just went, <laughs> everything's, everything's meaningless. Right. There's no meaning to either. That's fine. Yeah. Just enjoy your life. Just be present. That's the whole book is about yep. just be present in the moment because you have this moment. We're all destined for the grave, but you have this moment right now. And so it's really helped me try. And I, once again, I'm like you, Michael, like I'm not always present. I am really trying my best to be yeah. more and more and more present in my life, but have moments where that's certainly not the case. Um, a week ago would be a good <laughs> indicator of that. Um, but just, uh, yeah, there's there's just something about the, the failure in my ministry that formed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, pro- easily the most, of all of these, the most formative. If I had to choose one, those experiences, that season was the most formative for me in my faith. Yeah. Whatever was, is left yeah. of it, you know, whatever nugget of that is left that in the core of that, that's it's all due to that so yeah it's it's interesting that we're yeah riding out the waves of our own failures mm-hmm. you know yeah, I, sure yeah 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 and i, I think that i mean it, it, ironically enough i think now i could be a minister and actually have something to say yeah at 38 i could finally have something to fucking mm-hmm. teach people and say to people then you'd have to deal with parents. But now I don't really want to be in ministry. Like, that's the thing. Like, now I don't want to work in a church. There's that sort of weird irony with that. Like, I just, now that I finally have something to say, I I don't... I don't have a place to say I mean, other than the podcast. Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Pastors Community Church. (laughs) Starring Brad Polly. So I binged all those this past week. That's good stuff. Yeah. I sure did. Man, when Brad gets his Jesus on. (laughs) (laughs) Holy Spirit. Right now, Feel I'm getting it. my Cohelathon, man. <laughs> yeah. <I love> <laughs> cool. That's, that's good. Good shit. Good yeah, idea, man. Lucas. Yeah. yeah let's let's raise our Ebenezers. <laughs> Here I. Ooh. In the bathroom. Mm, in the bathroom. Any final closing thoughts? No. I, oh, one mm. thing. Uh, let us know what yours are. Yeah. In the in the pastor's pub yeah. on the on the the official yeah. What thread? are some of your sort of watershed moments and. So if you're if, if you're a turd and you're in the in the pastor's pub, share it on the thread. Uh, if you're not, hit us up on Twitter. Yep, we'd love yeah. to hear at Pastors Podcast. So there you go. Here we go. Now that in your sea, oh. you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red. Star is dead. <laughs> <laughs> <Some> feedback. <laughs> um, do we read Christopher Allen Maloney's fee, uh, review on iTunes? 
I don't know why. I don't remember reading it. I don't see that anywhere. Well, okay, mm. so uh, the, I think we did the one after it, this from Son of Todd, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do the one before from Deanho, Three Wise Sages, or maybe no? I'm not even seeing that one anywhere. Huh. It's from 9-11 in Christopher Allen Maloney style. Oh, go ahead and Never just, forget. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Right now. Well, okay, so. Except that time. Stayed on an overpass of the flag because you're really changing the world doing that. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I don't. Yeah, three wise. I think we already read that the one before it. Okay, just fucking read it, Michael. If not, all right. Here's Christopher Allen Maloney. The last one I read was last week's Son of Todd. Yeah. Okay. You don't see the one from September 10th? Sure don't. I'm gonna read it anyway, just Do because. It. Yep. All right. Can't, this is from uh, Dean Ho. All right. Came for the deconstruction journey, but stayed because of the soundboard, laughs, hashtag, and foofy, and overall stupid, stupidly awesome epitodes. Love how these guys have true and honest relationships, but don't BS each other or the listeners slash Facebook community. You can learn a lot about God through this podcast and the community around it. This would be what a true church should feel like. Love wasting two or more hours of my life every week in their company. I don't know if we read that. If not, doesn't sound yeah. familiar. It doesn't yeah. sound familiar, actually. So we probably did. <laughs> uh, and then the next one is called Them Polly Boys. Yeah. Just fucking leave me out of it. Who, what am I? Et cetera. Hey, hey fucking Polly's Christopher, et cetera. Christopher oh. Allen Maloney. How did you get on this podcast? And then there with? was one. This guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is the guy that Last advocated for you to bitch. come on this podcast. King of the Hill. I should be your goddamn favorite. <laughs> Fuck the rest. All right. I don't even want to read this now. Okay. I remember them Polly boys from way back. Always the two of them up to this and that. And then there was this little fella name of Michael. What always tagged alongside of him. <laughs> Woo. Just thinking of him gets me to laughing. I shall never forget the day they got me into the biggest pickle of my young life. You see, it was one of those unforgiving hot days in Indiana. I was standing outside Old Man Kroger's store, you know, doing my best to mind my own business. Well, tearing up the road comes Brad Michael and, yes, of course, little Michael. All piled into that truck they had. Get in, they said to me. So, being the trusting sort, I obliged. After a few moments of laughing, cussing, and carrying on, I guess my curiosity got the best of me, so I asked them where we headed. It was then that this wicked smile crept over Michael's we lips. We definitely haven't read this one. <laughs> We're going to the sex doll brothel, he cried. <laughs> At which point the Polly boys hooted and hollered like, I don't know what. Long story short, that was the night to remember. I hadn't thought of it until recently when the oldest Polly brother died. <laughs> I still think of him every now and then. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Thanks, That's Christopher. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, All right. Uh, <laughs> top ten. Honorable mention. Ooh. Not bald. <laughs> not bald Jesus or etc. By an at some person that used to be on the podcast. Who? <laughs> says at pastor's podcast me listening in my car no way they'll pick hashtag the Anne Frankum that's over the line even for us <laughs> even Michael for us. Michael let's use hashtag the Anne Frankum me my god 
I'm going to have to come back and be the voice of moral reason and good taste. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you'll certainly be a voice. All right. Uh, top 10. Number 10. The Sassy Ginge at Stacey Ashoey. Best part of week episode 136 of Pastors Podcast was when at Polly named Brad, at MJ Basinger, and at etc. renamed Josh Casey. Hashtag Team AIDS. Hashtag Ann Frankum. Hashtag Ann Frankum. Spelled differently. Hashtag actually killed him. <laughs> Hashtag too soon. Is it too soon? Hashtag <laughs> Michael Basinger is terrible and so am I. Hashtag etc. 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 You're welcome. Number nine, Derek Blaylock at Derek A. Blaylock at Passes Podcast. An apt apt hashtag for you to pimp to find out where people listen to your podcast would be hashtag place in this world. My place in <laughs> this hashtag world. Now you know. So if you're going to hit us up, we like to see what you're doing when you listen to the podcast. Yes. And where you're at. So uh, if you're going to do that, let's do leave the hash, leave it with the hashtag My place. Uh, place in this world. Place in this world. Number eight, Don at Don Del Morale. Apostles podcast loving the new random segment helpful in- hints from mj basinger in this week's segment febreze and yankee candles are great for sex doll brothels but not so great for raising guinea pigs it's true the more you know hashtag the ann frankham god i can't believe wow. we did that that's so great so bad and we got more feedback this week i than laughed we again in my, i laughed again in my car yeah. when i listened to it again uh, number seven, Alapaki at Pakia Koi. Hey, at friend. Bondi Christian is amazing on Pastors Podcast, episode 136, with hosts Michael, Brad, and etc. The best bit of insight. That's so great. The best <laughs> bit of insight. The only thing that keeps me from being huge is vanity and poverty. That was me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag lighty, 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 lie. Lighty, yeah. lighty, lighty. <laughs> Hashtag Bubby in a coma. Hashtag Febreze in a Yankee candle. Hashtag hot dogs and hysterectomies. Hey, get in the pub, guy. Yeah. He's been around for, we need to be friends. Yeah. IRL. So, get the pub. Uh, number five, Jason at Faster Than Gravy. Two hey, minutes buddy. into Pastor's Podcast and MJ Basinger has already done a Smith's parody. This is going to be good. <laughs> number four, David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Enjoyed Pastor's Podcast episode 136 with Bonnie Christian and guest host the J.M. Casey, a.k.a. Josh, etc. Casey. The boys played The Price is Right. Sadly, no one won the giant light bright. Hashtag afraid to use the hashtag. Hashtag Dave's golden line. <laughs> Three, hashtag woken Zachariah Beef Esquire at Zachy Beef. Etc. is my favorite pastor's podcast guest. Just like various artists is my band. And, vac- <laughs> and vacant is my favorite WWE wrestler. <laughs> Number two, Shane Lancaster at Seal Team sixty nine Bravo uh, at Pastors Podcast. I dug out the lube cannon again this week while doing the old Anne Frankum, making sweet sweet love <laughs> while listening to at Polly Name Brad at MJ Basinger and at etc. Another great cast. Hashtag the Anne Frankum. And number one, this thing again. Laurel, still the worst. Uh. So bad, it doesn't end. It just or it just ends. There's no like, yeah. it's like the drummer had a stroke or something. Uh, number one, sex. Beck Ray at awkward Anglican, Ang- Angelican. Yeah, uh, I don't. This is this is terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. I had to put it at number one. I don't often do hashtag the Anne Frankum, but when I do, I put it in my diary. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it 
I read that one at first, and it didn't. It didn't register with me, and then I read it again. It was like, oh, oh Jesus. Man. Oh, so oh. good. Thank you, Beck. Beck is awesome. She is. Well, we paid close attention, and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtags. Hashtags. Hashtag, Matt is baby Jessica. Hashtag, not Dixtra. <laughs> Hashtag, if you like pseudoscience. Hashtag, cook your food over shit. <laughs> Hashtag, Sister Hazel with the harmonica. <laughs> I like that a lot. Hashtag, look at my dick. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Hashtag, snail mail dick pics. Hashtag, Nigerian dwarf goat. <laughs> Hashtag, the Steve Austin of Japan. Hashtag, dubious intentions. Hashtag dead vag tortoise. <laughs> hashtag fully erect for Jesus. <laughs> and then hashtag getting my cohelathon. <laughs> All right. Lucas, what do you have? I had uh, hashtag Matt's baby Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, 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 um, hashtag these three hosers. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, hashtag all Angie dicks. <laughs> Hashtag hashtag Steve Austin of Japan. (laughs) Hashtag Bradford Polly. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Hashtag raise my Ebenezer in the bathroom. (laughs) And hashtag put it in my diary. (laughs) Put it in my diary. All right, I've got uh, hashtag Matt is baby Jessica. (laughs) There's a consensus. Hashtag old Angie Dicks. (laughs) Hashtag expose the meat to 420 degrees. (laughs) Hashtag Christian rusted root. Hashtag uh, waving your pickle. Hashtag... Artisanal dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Travis's giant tea bag. <laughs> Hashtag the Steve Austin of Japan. Hashtag turtle bait. <laughs> Hashtag Bradford polypair. <laughs> and ha- Hashtag fully erect for Jesus. And hashtag Enneagram nine inches. <laughs> oh, oh man. I think in honor of, of the three hosts this week. <laughs> I like Enneagram nine yeah. inches. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. Oh, I was really on board with Madness Baby Jessica until I heard Enneagram Nine Inches. And of course, it stopped recording. And we're back. And we're back. Coming at you. We never went away. Oh, wait. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We closed, closed the store. The, Michael the... Michael dropped the ball yet again. No, I was watching it this whole goddamn time. Michael's like juggling 12 balls. We're sitting here yes. playing I'm with our balls. Dicking around on Facebook. And I'm like, Jesus, Michael. He's got like a whole soundboard in front of him. Two computers. Two computers. We had a really strong shit. finish. Yeah we, did have yeah, we did. Yeah. God so, damn it, Michael. So it's Enneagram nine inches. Yeah, that's what we're going with. <laughs> that's what we're going with for better or worse. 
if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media uh, with the hashtag, hashtag Enneagram Nine, nine inches. inches. We're on Twitter at Bastards Podcast. Uh, no, I'm not on. At Polly NMD Shore. S H O R E. Uh, I'm at MJ Basinger. You can check us out at uh, facebook.com slash pastors podcast on Instagram. Uh, we are in glorious pastors. Um, closing time, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, ingloriouspastors.com. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Support us on Patreon to join the Pastors Pub. Get uh, access to our spinoff podcast. Brad's working on a PCC regarding Ecclesiastes. It's this whole series called uh, Beautifully Pissed. Nope. 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 Beautifully Ugly. Nope. Beautifully, beautifully meaningless. Ugly Betty. Beautifully beautiful, mad on the internet. Beautifully, beautifully <laughs> mad on the internet. Beautifully uh, very mad on the internet. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, uh. We also have hymns of reconstruction, turd talk, pub crawl, special music. Bias around like Angie Dicks. <laughs> like, oh I'm so sorry. Angela it's Dykstra. totally my fault. I'm so, so this sorry. This will be the last week. God damn it. Um, it's all my fault. <laughs> turd talks. Yeah, I don't know. Check us out. Patreon.com slash Bastards Podcast. Um, any final words? I don't think so. I don't know. Enneagram nine inches. There <laughs> we go. And you can do nine the number or nine spell it out however you like. However you like your nine. Yeah. You know. Oh, like oh, we chasing like- a turtle up a vagina. That's how I like my nine inches. <laughs> <Yeah>. So... <laughs> <laughs> Only if the tur- tortoise is dead. <laughs> Only if the tortoise is either They're dead or into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Jesus, hit the button. <laughs> End this now. Oh. Kind of like a kind of like a dead beaver, I mean. <laughs> oh boy. Man. Well, we really beat that beaver to death. <laughs> I'm trying to think how we landed into I will be here. I don't eat I, I don't know. I feel like we need to just force it. I don't know how it came about naturally. Yeah, we'll be here. Oh, yeah, Lucas is coming back. Oh, yeah, I will be here. Do we know? Tomorrow morning, if you wake (laughs) up and the sun does not appear, I I will be here. (laughs) In the dark, we lose sight of love. Hold my hand and have no. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sounded very <laughs> leprechaun right there. Oh, I, 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 I will be here. Arr. Arr. <laughs> um, Wait, that's a pirate. I don't yes. think that's an Irishman. Check out Kevin McDougal's cover of that song. <laughs> oh, Kevin <Yes>. Max. <laughs>